we are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is, well, he's not here, but Out Now is a film podcast which has Abe and I normally discuss new, new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different. And this is one of our fun commentary tracks. This is our commentary track for the month of December, which is now become a Star Wars month because we currently have a new Star Wars film in release, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, which I think all, actually all the four of us that are here all more or less like uh, pretty well. Uh, yeah. But uh, yes. I'm actually happy that we did, we're did. we recording this commentary after all of us have seen it and not just half of us. That's going to make maybe some of this conversation a little bit easier. Uh, but uh, for today's commentary... If anything, we probably should have held off on A New Hope until this year, but we already did that. So, <laughs> this year, we have Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Yes! <laughs> the one you were hoping for, we're doing it right now. All two hours and 22 minutes of Attack of the Clones. It's going to be one of our longer commentary tracks. Probably rank it up there with, what, Superman, Superman the Movie? And uh, some yeah, other ones that we did. That we couldn't there. track down the IMAX cut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I assume is 20 minutes shorter, right? It is. It's like two. It's an even two hours, and yeah. a lot of the stuff gone. I don't think anyone missed. Okay, well, we're going to talk about all of it. And uh, joining me today to discuss uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones, we have from Forbes. He's working part time at Dax's Diner to put his kids through college. It's Scott Mendelson. I told you that in confidence. <laughs> uh, from Endor Express, he's never really liked flying, but when he does, he avoids asteroid fields. It's David Yeah. I have nothing funny to say. <laughs> <laughs> and from Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, he was last seen erasing files from the library. It's Brandon Peters. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I was happy with every one of those intros. How are you three doing tonight? Excellent. Well, I'm hoping I... the four of us can come together and figure out who Master Sifo Dias is. <laughs> we'll be sure. <laughs> I can assure you that next year's commentary track won't solve that one either. So here we are. Um, Fan theory, he's Snoke. <laughs> For the record. Aaron, I do want to say that I, I, I was having a great day, and now I'm doing this. So you're having a better day. <laughs> got it. All right, I understand. I understand what you're throwing at me here. We got to get this thing started, because this is a long movie, so this is already wasting time with the iTunes. But um, uh, So if, if for those of you that don't know, we do these commentary tracks. We're all going to have the movie playing uh, at the same time. And if you want to watch the movie with us as we're you know watching it and talking about it, that's great. We all have the film synced up at 14 seconds in. It's right where the Lucasfilm logo appears on the screen for the first time. For those of you that are just listening to listen and don't worry about the film playing in the background, great that you're done already. You just have to keep listening. Um, but everyone else get, their, get themselves set. Uh, as for the four of us, we're gonna I'm gonna count down from three to the word go, and we're gonna press play at the word go, and we're just gonna start talking about this movie. So I are all of you guys ready? Yep. Yep. All right. Three, two, one, go. And here we are. That's that fancy Lucas logo. That's a great logo. It's a good logo. I like the new logo too. Yeah, it's like, it like emerges from the shadows. It's fun. Anyway, ellipses period. Here we yeah, are. Spider Man. <laughs> okay, so let's right away. This is this is the one that that pans up. Oh yeah. Spoiler yeah, alert! I remember, I remember when I when I first saw it in the theater, I was like, "Oh, it went up." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, what movie was that? A tricky Locust. <laughs> yeah, this one. This Jack one. Clones. Yeah. After the scroll, it pans up. The all the all the rest pan pan downward. I I will say this about this movie. It's maybe the most pulpiest of the titles of Star Wars movies. 
yeah. No, it fits his cereal. It fits his uh, cereal. Um, it's you know he always wanted these to be like movie cereals, and this one the title fits it. And I, I actually think the the pacing and structure of the story fits it too. Well, we'll we'll get to all that as we go. But I, I right now I know that three of the four of us. I think this is the worst Star Wars movie. Um, I know, Brandon, we talked about this last year, too, when we talked about Phantom Menace. I know you like this one over Phantom Menace, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, we'll get, we'll but get I, is that is that, like, a trophy worth winning? I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I think a lot, a lot, it, it's, there's some that's splitting hairs a bit, but I yeah, I do think there's better things in the other one than this one. But, th- of course, there's also good things in this one. There's, there's, there's certainly by no means a dumpster fire. It's just, no. you know, it's... It is one. I, I'm not a I'm not a prequel like hater by any means, but I mean, I don't think this one. Are, actually, this one in yeah. Phantom Menace are my my least two favorites. Yes. clear easily. I mean, there's no hands down. But this one, I just I don't know what it is. I I prefer it to Phantom Menace. Well, we have well, controversial last, film critic Scott Mendelson on here, where I'm sure puts The Force Awakens below at least one of those films you just mentioned. <laughs> well, you know, off the you know off the record, haha. You know, Revenge of the Sith is actually my favorite. Of seven. Or eight if we're counting Rogue One, Jesus. Yeah. Um. So I, it, for me, it's always been uh, about absolute I'm, power. What was that? <laughs> it's been about absolute power. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Um. <laughs> um. Sorry, I had a train of thought. No, this was the the first one that was shot on digital film or digital video. Um. During a time when not a lot of movies were shot that way, and you actually had to, there was only a handful of theaters around the country where you could actually see this film in digital video. One of them just happened to be an hour away from where I went to college at the time. So I saw it Thursday at midnight, you know, because that's how we roll. And then I took a friend of mine who who went to school in Cincinnati to see it at the digital theater. Uh, So it was basically the world is reversed. Now you have to go, you know, travel miles away to see something on film. Yeah, which is a really weird piece of irony right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, looking at the, it's not that necessarily I registered all of that, you know, going in when I was in high school watching this movie, but there certainly seemed to be something going on with the, with like watching this movie that threw me off from it. And even seeing it, seeing it on Blu-ray now, it certainly, it stands out still like, and there's, that comes down to kind of how they did the Blu-ray with this, where there's a lot of DNR work, but it, it it's a muddy movie like that's yeah being a being you know a pioneer of this kind of stage with well like Robert Rodriguez being like the only other person trying to do stuff like this at the time it I there's parts where it stands where it works well but there's also parts where it just feels kind of washed out like it doesn't well there's a part where like Anakin's writing on top of that thing yeah. it's just kind of weird and I mean there yeah it's unlike you know A New Hope or just plain old Star Wars back in 77 when that came out, those effects were just wowing, and still you go back and I mean they've definitely cleaned those up over time. So we'll you know we never really have what a clean version of that original print would look like now. Uh, but you know those were wowing and state of the art to then. These were just I mean digital effects were slowly coming to form and these were just better ones, but not quite all the way there. You know. Mm-hmm. It's, it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, Attack of the Clones is really pushing technology. It was just, 
Well, there's a movie that does a lot of the digital stuff. Well, the digital Yoda, that was the big thing. Digital, yeah, right? the Yoda yeah. thing was the big, like, of the effects that were seen in this film, that was the big, like, because highlight. so weird and Phantom Menace. Yeah, that didn't help, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, as usual, Yoda being as succinct and useful as always. Well, we, got, uh, we got more Sam Jackson right away in this movie, which I was a fan of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sam kinda... Jackson, we got to introduce Jimmy Schmitz, too. Smitty, there he is, right, right there in the background. Bail Organa, happy to see you. <laughs> he took and him three movies, that. but he finally got in a bona fide, terrific Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I. Um, it's funny. No, there's uh, what's her name? Like, um, Natalie Portman. That girl uh, from the No, not, <laughs> not Natalie Portman. No, Rose. Rose uh, Byrne. Rose, Rose oh, Byrne. Yes. Yeah, she's standing right behind her. Four day. <laughs> No, oh, yeah. Well, this would just give us more of the Jedi in general. Is what? Kira Knightley's not in this one. No, she's just in the first one, yeah. She was bending, like, back in... She she quit afterwards. (laughs) She had her own trilogy to get to. So I like how Yoda comes in and says how sweet it is to see uh, the the senator, and she's just like, totally, this is Yoda. (laughs) There's there's Jar Jar Binks being silent in the background. Yes. He learned. They trained him pretty good then. Yeah, they got him. We got him on lockdown. There's that great Yoda shot. They use that for a lot of things in trailers, but it's like looking over his shoulder all suspiciously. Okay. I just, I just think the CG with uh, with Yoda is just a little too detailed to be realistic. That's the problem. I thought, with it, looked really, I thought it looked pretty good when I first saw it in the theater. Oh yeah. It wasn't until like you know multiple viewings in home video that I was really nit. Yeah, like yeah, okay. It stands out more now because, you know, we've seen what motion capture and what have you has been able to do for something like Planet of the Apes. But, you know, 2002, this looks pretty good, I guess. Yeah. There's Captain Typho, who, uh... Yeah, not basically... not, not Captain Panaka, who I missed from episode one. Captain Panaka, who everything he told them not to do um, ended up handing out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's my kind of guy. <laughs> he naysays, but, you know, still goes along begrudgingly with the plan. This is like thin, thin beard, uh, Ewan McGregor. Yep, man, like an almost mullet, uh, Ewan McGregor as well. <laughs> He's got that. W- mm, mm, mm. He's really going for Guinness in this movie. Like, oh yeah, in the first. He's one, like, okay, I got the beard, I can do this now. Well, because he's like, he's not, you know, he's still training in the first one. This one, he's like, he's more seasoned, and so he's like tapping into the Guinness a lot more, and drinking more of the Guinness. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> well, and that's the issue. He's clearly drunk during this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why the chemistry feels so forced between the two of them. It pl- uh, it, it certainly evolves better in the third one. I think. Oh, the third, it's the night third... and day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's the first scene in the third one. Like, you know, again, as someone who doesn't hate these prequels, like, where was this the first two films? Um, well, because Spielberg directed those scenes. Um, but what you'll notice, of course, you know, right from the get-go, from the opening assassination attempt to the somewhat muted presence of Jar Jar Binks, to Natalie Portman being a bit less Elizabeth, you know, Queen Elizabethian. This was a film, and this is actually one of my main issues with it, this is the only film to me where George Lucas is listening to and responding to the to the nerds. Because there's a lot of this film that is in response to the complaints of The Phantom Menace. Uh, you know, the complaints, oh, it's too kid-friendly, it's too juvenile. There's not enough hard action. You know, uh, uh, Padme is weird and regal. She isn't all sexy like Princess Leia. 
Um, and as a result, you know, a lot of Attack of the Clones is, I would argue, Lucas giving them what they want um, and not really as much making the movie that he wants to make. Now, to be fair, part of that is the fact that, and, you know, he's admitted this in interviews, 60% of what he wanted to do with the prequel trilogy was stuff that happens in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. So by default, a lot of these first two movies are filler. Yeah, well, I mean, Revenge of the Sith is the one that really starts, you know, filling in the blanks that people wanted yeah. going yeah. in the prequels. And this one, this movie is actually probably where, when they were making a prequel trilogy before they started shooting, where we all thought maybe they would start from. Yes. Well, what's what's funny about that is that this movie is called Attack of the Clones, and you think one of the main things that people would want to see more of is the Clone Wars, and we don't see any of it except like the first twenty minutes of Sith. Like, yeah. there's, there's not really much Clone Wars in this movie that contains all of the Clone Wars. We had to wait for TV shows to really get a, a sense of what the Clone Wars were like. Well, it's still got to hold its mystique to those that didn't want to, like... I mean, but if, Lord, if yeah. Lucas is going to force down our throats the meaning of the Force, I think I can throw in some Clone Wars. Right. No, no, you're, no, you're totally right. I'm just saying that, that, like what, that's something mis- that got to keep its mystique. I get, yeah, that's the weird thing to hold. Like, never mind this, you know... This, this i this this possibly religious possibly supernatural idea of the force let's 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 hold the the clone wars as the thing to keep holding back from here's more jar jar <laughs> right, jar jar the love doctor now i mean I I want to keep emphasizing. I do like this movie. I do think it's the less of the, the least of the Star yes. Wars films, but it has cool stuff like this. Like the, there's a lot there's a lot of like random noir aspects um, that have arguably or easily been done better in other sci-fi features that also incorporate noir in some sense. But you know, having like shadowy assassin figures lurking around and talking about things they have to do, I like that stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff like that that expands on these worlds. It gives you a, a better sense of like day to day coruscant. And yeah, that means and stuff we like re- that. this is the one that gives us some stuff like on Coruscant rather than just like the political aspect or, or just seeing the government buildings is where we're usually relegated to. Here we get to see like apartments, uh, some of the city. That, didn't like it, me watching her. No kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the seedier areas. Uh, no, I, we... one thing I do like about this film is it is Lucas trying to play in different genres in the Star Wars sandbox. You know, as you said, you've got, you know, a pulpy detective film. Yeah. You've got film noir. You've got a fist fight in a, in a rainstorm. You know, I don't think I, you know, I don't think you ever see a, an outright fist fight in any of the Star Wars movies. Uh, no, you're or, right, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not terribly well handled. You know, it's it's not exactly naturalistic martial arts but the well, it's all, i think I, I will get to that scene but i think there's yeah. because of the rain i think it makes for an interesting way to stage a fight yeah. sequence but uh, david what were you saying i'm sorry um, oh i just wanted to talk about these uh these bounty hunters for a second because yeah. Yeah, you know like george is bringing in all the uh, i think too many bounty hunters in this story right now because you know like uh captain uh or what's his name count dooku but he's uh, tyrannus now lord yeah. tyrannus lord tyrannus <laughs> He's he's being hired by uh, asked by Newt Gunray to assassinate uh, Senator Amidala here, and so he hires Django Fett. Django Fett hires Zam Wissel. There's always Zam a bigger Wissel, fish, David. Didn't you learn that from the first movie? Yeah, and then Wissel, <laughs> like gets these bugs and then gets a robot to do it. And I don't know. It's just like, it just seems so. It's very it's Bond already, villain. <laughs> yeah, it's already like just too too much going on. 
for and it's just wasting time really. well i mean but the, to be fair i mean it, it lends itself to the detective noir aspect where it's like well how do all these things connect and that's what obi-wan has to investigate but it just Jango to... Fett is trying to distance himself from every action so there's multiple steps so if you were to trace it back it'd take a while to get back to him and hopefully never get back to him which is fair but at the same like what kind Sam of what kid, kind of mouse shut what what kind of uh, bounty hunter is is Django Fett if he has to like hire on someone else and trap like it seems like Django F- this is why I like Boba Fett Boba Fett's not gonna do all this nonsense he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna do it himself like... yeah that's exactly what what I mean too it's just that he should be the badass bounty hunter that we all want to see not this chicken guy you know who's like head doesn't get no, oh, yeah. the the one time Django Fett does take matters into his own hand he loses his head so he's a terrible bounty hunter that's all I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> well Boba has to have somewhere to learn from you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. well good thing it's not <laughs> like friend. father father like son he didn't it's really, really raise him that long. You, summer 2020 <laughs> I love that what was it the Patton Oswalt bit where he's talking about going back in time and you know talking to George Lucas about the prequels he's like Oh, you like Darth Vader? He's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be in it. It's going to be awesome. He's going to be, like, killing people. He's like, no, he's going to be a kid. Okay, about nine. Oh, so he's like, you know, uh, he's going to be like Damien, like Omen and stuff. Oh, no, no, he's going to have to leave his mom. He'll be real sad. It's like, oh, he's like, but wait for the second one. He's like, what? He's like, you know, uh, Boba Fett? Oh, the bounty hunter, awesome. Yeah, he's going to come in and do some stuff. He's like, oh, no, he'll be a kid. Little kid, he's like, oh, well, it'd be like a evil like kid or anything like that. No, no, his dad's gonna get his head cut off. It'll be real sad. Uh, I, I've talked about this before. I think, but but Obi Wan tends to be my like MVP of like these of these prequels. I think he's. Oh no, totally. I think Ewan McGregor does a terrific job. But just stuff like this, it's not even the acting. It's just the idea of Obi Wan's so awesome that he's like, okay, this probe droid's getting away. I'm gonna jump out of the window into certain doom and chase after it. Well, well that's I, a crazy, I, crazy thing when you get to the original trilogy after these is like, man, Luke sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Huh. And this and, is actually a very long. I mean, yeah, you know, not in a bad way. It's a very long action sequence. It's, it's, know, it's a good ten it, minutes or so. And it's it has John James going for like electric guitar in the score too. Yeah. It's really. <laughs> well, here's a question: Do you guys like the score of this movie? I like the Across the Stars Porsche. I think it's one of the yeah. best written, but there's some mess. There's some really like messy parts throughout. It might be my least favorite of all the scores. I, this and, prob- and probably Force Awakens actually is probably my yeah. least favorite scores because there's there's nothing. Force Awakens is just safe. Um, it, well, this one takes chances that just don't work. Well, it takes chances that aren't memorable. Like that's my problem right. with it. Like du- like Duel of Fates is amazing. Like, yeah. There's no Duel of Fates in this movie. I don't think the score is the worst part of this movie. I don't think it's the worst part of the movie, but I think, but you know, for a, you know, of the things I look forward to when I see a new Star Wars movie, I'd like to think there's going to be some crazy new memorable themes that I get to get, and I don't really get that in this one. Across the stars, you know, it's not, but it's not one that I can recall all that well. Like, oh man, I I love it. I disagree on that. That's (laughs) yeah, that's probably one of the most memorable themes of the prequels is across the stars. Yeah. Never, it never stuck out to me really that much. That's well, the part where they go into the arena and it like blasts, like it gets really big. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. You just gonna go to good Disneyland a little bit more often. They just blast there tomorrow. Uh, you know, but here's the here's the one of the big things that that is really missing from this film is we never get to see Obi Wan and Anakin be actual friends, and it sucks yeah. that we had to wait for the cartoon for that to happen. You get yeah, you get like a taste of it in the elevator, 
in that awkward he, scene. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, for, for two movies, they keep getting separated. Yeah. 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 yeah it's really not until you know the, the that twenty three minute scene at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, where it's like everything that you've been told about. Oh, this is it. You know, he's a great he's a, pilot. He's a good pilot. Yeah. Friends, they're very comfortable with each other. They're both very good at what they do. Yada yada yada. Yeah, um, the the, uh, the Jendi Tarkovsky uh, animated Clone Wars, the two D one, not the three D. Uh, yeah. Uh, what Cartoon Network series like that? That Tarkovsky one, it is awesome. And oh yeah, it, and it really, yeah, it really it is. And I mean the the three D animation show that one also plays up the camaraderie, but that that one, I it just delivers on. You know, it delivers on action and like seeing some of that relationship come to life, and it's just it's just a ton of fun. Like, I love the five minute ones. Uh, oh, those yeah. were yeah. The other ones were good yeah, too, but those, the five minute ones awesome. Well, no, like I the first that... season. The first season was like the five minute ones. The second season had slightly longer ones. They're like yeah, but they're uh, there are a lot more dialogue. There's a lot more dialogue in those, yeah. and the, the five minute ones are almost silent films with like Pretty action much. sounds. Yeah, like there's one involving like Mace Windu just being amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Asajj Ventress Anakin one was outstanding. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite lightsaber fights in any Star Wars. Film. Yeah, it might be oh, one yeah. of the best Star Wars things like ever. It's it's really good. In a rainstorm on a cliff. Okay, I'm good. It does a great job of showing what Anakin's going through. <laughs> Yeah. For the for the for the people listening at home, we just passed uh, Anakin Skywalker acting like he was electrocuted. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was probably the worst electrocution I've ever seen. You know, Scott and I have always uh, agreed with like Hayden Christensen that I don't think he's like you know giving up. He's giving the performance that George Lucas wants out of him more so than Hayden Christensen just sucks. No, I, I think uh, what. I think what he's giving he more is, guidance yeah. in the dialogue department, but physically, I think he gives a very strong performance, especially in Sith. I think physically, he's dynamite in Revenge of the Sith. I don't know about that, but I, here, here's what oh. I think of Anakin. I think he's giving us, he's choosing a uh, an attitude. He's choosing a something to act like, oh, at this scene, I'm angry. And he's choosing that, and then he's reading the dialogues. I don't think he's really believing what he's saying. And that's that's the problem with Anakin I have. I don't believe anything that's coming out of his mouth. Um, maybe he doesn't either. No, yeah, right. that's a... these are very stilted line readings. I mean, the entire film is, like, you know, that's one of the reasons I, I all due respect, I prefer Phantom Menace is that the line readings for almost everybody, exception maybe, maybe you and McGregor, Christopher Lee, and uh, well, that's that's what I've said before. Ian McDermott, uh, yeah, Ian McDermott. That's what I've are said. Stilted. Yeah. It's like Reader's Theater. Well, that's what Even actors like Natalie Portman, they're usually very good. I, I've said that before. I think it's because you have certain actors that are much more experienced in general of just acting, uh, whether yeah. it be on the stage or just you know, dialogue-driven acting performances or what have you. They're ones that don't need the kind of guidance that the younger actors do or ones that aren't as yes. experienced in doing this kind of thing. If it just involves a bunch of green screens around them, they need more than just like, here's the lines, do this, and yeah. we'll move on from there. And that certainly doesn't help Hayden Christensen, who, you know, at this time, he's had a few credits, but he's certainly not a pro. Um, yeah. And that, you know, that did not help him <laughs> in, the, in this. Oh. And, and when you have such a, a, you know, a crucial role in a series that's going to be seen by everybody, that's not going to make you, that you're going to stand out. Like, and it's well, going to be easy to latch on to. It's hard to happen to uh, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, uh, that's really sad. Uh, you know, where the world decided that it was somehow his fault. Right. Well, it was clear. It's like, <laughs> it was, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, like recently, like, Dane DeHaan, he's he's a pretty good actor, but you put him in Amazing Spider-Man 2, and he's, ugh. Oh. 
He just, I mean, some of these people going from less, like, uh, more yeah. grounded things to big, boisterous blockbusters, just, it doesn't yeah. work out too well. No, it, it, it's, it's, it's a different I think, game. I think, you know, the media, the pundit, whatever, all of us, we underestimate the value of direction. Because there are plenty of actors that we think of as being good actors, but if they don't get direction or they get bad direction, they're terrible. Danny Glover is the example that I always use. All due respect to Danny Glover, you know, you put him in a, you know, you put him in, you know, Beauvoir or Lethal Weapon or whatever, he's terrific. You put him in Saw, he's freaking terrible. Well, we didn't know, yeah, we didn't know that until Saw. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, he's, you know, he's terrific at God fishing, so. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, or, you know, obviously, you know, Samuel Jackson, these are not his best performances. And yeah, he didn't and it, just magically become a bad actor, but he put on the Jedi robe. You know, there's I, something else going on. And frankly, if you go back and watch... Hey, the- this party's <laughs> over is one badass line. <laughs> <laughs> but he barely sells it. And that's Sam Jackson. Um, yeah. And it, frankly, you go back, you watch the original trilogy, and the acting isn't that great. Not even Harrison Ford. I mean, we, we Harrison Ford is more palpable because he's giving a different flavor to everybody else. You know, he's, 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 well, he's Han Solo. I mean, that's, that's... Well, that's, I think but, the, best, the best stuff comes in Empire. Like, he... Yeah, yeah. Because Irving Kirshner is a better actor's yeah, director. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's... And, and, he's the, and he's very involved in that. His character has stuff to do in that one. Oh. His... Well, I mean, Peter Cushing and Alec Guinness really ground that first film. Yes. Yeah, with everything around well, them. Which, again, goes with the fact that they're experienced actors. They've, they've, right, done, yeah. they've done this thing before. Especially Peter Cushing. Like he, he, oh, yeah. he could be in a pulpy serial drama. Like that's not hard for him. Oh, oh yeah, he's great. he's so undervalued. Like, I mean, now yeah. people will talk about how great <laughs> he is, but I mean, he's so undervalued. He's so great. He acts after he's dead. Like it's amazing. Exactly. Um, and that's why I think one of the reasons that Phantom Menace works is you you have Liam Neeson as your lead. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think that's something that this these you know these two films are frankly missing. And again, I say that somebody really, really likes Revenge of the Sith, but you're, you're, to use an obvious example, you know, the, the CW DC comic shows work to the extent they do because you have a, at least a few actors that are, Paul you know, Jesse L. Martin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jesse L. Martin, Victor Garber. Yeah. Um, I think Arrow kind of, you know, when it stumbles partially because it doesn't have that grizzled presence. Sort so of what keeps, you're saying and, is this movie needs more CO Bibble. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Jedi business right now. <laughs> we, uh, we we passed. The, I like. I really like that bit with Obi Wan and the guy selling the death sticks, where he just like mm-hmm. he, he's just like a he uses you know the the mind the mind the the force to, to kind of like get him away from him. But it's just a nice little back and forth that this movie could desperately use more of. Oh. He's really good uh, at cutting people's I'm best in the C three PO in person form in the scene. Yeah. What's his name? They, uh, made, yeah, they was... made action figures. I remembered Ahmed Best, but I couldn't Ahmed remember Ahmed Anthony Best. Daniels. Jeez. Yay! I like that was... apparently the rule in Star Wars is that if you slice arms off a cantina, you just have to look shocked for a second, but then you can go back. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's you know, oh yeah, Jedi business. Got it. All right. <laughs> it's a changeling. <laughs> He can handle that. He can't kill Abadala, but he can handle like a, a dart toss from like a hundred meters away. <laughs> and what's funny is that he flew away. He was perfectly visible. If he just ducked, nobody would have saw him. 
Yeah, really. <laughs> so now they know that there's a bounty hunter with a jetpack that looks kind of like that. Like that's <laughs> Tanglebit is the worst bounty hunter. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Wasn't uh, before these movies were ever came about, they Jango Fett had an appearance in like a video game. Um, and it was just, it was that Star Wars fighting game like Street Fighter but with Star Wars. Oh, the Masters of Kasai. Because it was, yeah, it was just like, uh, it's like, oh, here's uh, Boba Fett with a different, different costume color, and it was called Django Fett, but there was, like, no background on who this was or anything like that, and then we have it here. I, 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 I like, I like seeing up. Sam Jackson, like, tough-talk Anakin whenever he can. It makes me laugh. <laughs> I think back to, uh, when, it, when we're talking about acting, I think back to Chan- poor Chancellor Valorum, who was totally griping that he never got to act opposite Natalie Portman oh, what, in Terrence the Senate Stamp? scene. Yeah, Terrence yeah. Stamp. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with these prequels is that it's just too many green screen and too many stereotypical ping pong balls that they're looking at. And it's really hard for some of these actors to get into that character. Well, yeah, you look at the Natalie Portman talking about this movie, that droid factory scene that comes later, and you watch him filming it, and it's like, what in the hell? How am I supposed to imagine all this? There's just blue boxes moving around, and <laughs> It's like you're on one of those Nickelodeon game shows from like the '90s. Yeah, yeah. It, it's to, almost... to her, yeah. To her credit, though, she looks great in that Joy Factory sequence, as bad as it was. Yeah. Um. And that was, a, if I recall, that's a relatively late addition. You know, it, I don't know if it was a reshoot per se, but I don't think that it, that sequence was in the original script. Yeah, it was a late. Like, it was a late yeah. add to the film because it's like yeah. we need to we need to have some action here or something like we need to yeah. we need to make this work. We can't just have them like roll up and the next scene they're. In, you know, fighting a bunch of clones and everything. You know, they could have pushed the wedding up a little bit earlier in the movie and have a different kind of action. <laughs> More walking and talking. It's like an Aaron uh, Sorkin float, script. Floating, float, walking and talking. Float, Just Yoda gets a little chair. <laughs> it's like a, the West Wing on, like, third speed. This is the okay, Jedi Temple. Like, this is cool. Like, I, didn't, I need to know, is this chair powered by him or is it a self-powered chair? I'd like to think it's powered by him. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. You know, no, it, I, I, I'd love to. Th- I love to think that Yoda just does whatever and, be, and like is just all powerful all the time, and people just don't think about it. Yoda I, I just got burned left and right. I will say, like you know, as much as people, whatever people think of the prequels, George Lucas did successfully like world build the hell out of Star Wars from the prequels. Oh yeah, I mean, there's all these but planets, it, there's all these designs, there's things that you know. I mean, the the expanded universe like ran wild with this stuff. I mean, they went like hundreds of years before based on this stuff, and had so. I mean, there's introduced so much, so many new concepts, such a different thing. I mean, it's a completely different flavor than the other trilogy, which I, I think he wanted. But you know, regardless of the thoughts of the films, there's still plenty of awesome stuff to go with, like new clothing styles, different kinds of enemies, more information on Jedi planets. Sometimes I think Amidala is just making up these hairstyles as she goes. Yeah. Um. you know so all this world building that they did all these special effects these visual concept artists it's funny that they're be- they're making these things based on what george lucas tells them but they never know why they're doing it this way or that it's just like he wants it this way okay let's just do it they don't even know where it's going to show up in the movie and how it's, they went uh, through 400 chairs before they came up with that one <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on princess amidala's match oh. luggage <laughs> my my favorite scenes on the like uh, documentaries 
for these prequels and stuff will be the day where like the creature creators and stuff they have like a wall with all their drawings pinned and george comes in and they're all like kissing his ass and he's like hmm no no give him an extra arm no Ooh, i like this one i like this one who did this it's like oh i did george good it's just kind of funny to watch them all tense and stuff as he just walks through with a pen and just starts marking on stuff well, I think the issue with the dialogue in this film, which again, ironically, you know, Lucas hired I think Tom Shepard to come in and punch up the dialogue, is it's so incredibly expository. And to Christensen's credit, half of his woodenness feels intentional, because again, you know, I you know he doesn't believe a lot of what he says, or he's he's scared of what he's saying and how it will come out to this person that he's clearly trying to impress. It's also his first oh. lead role. Wait, wait. Creepy Anakin. Creepy Anakin. My lady. Yep. Yeah. He gets a lot of those moments. I, th- I think that gives Craig Christensen a little bit too much credit that the idea is that he's, or even the writing is that the idea is he's supposed to feel stilted. Yeah. I, 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 well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I, um, I, I do think there's just, there, there's not great planning as as the as how to have these characters communicate as there is in the world that they're existing in while communicating. Exactly. Yeah, that was obviously his priority. You know, the world building and the you know advancing the technology in whatever way he could. Yeah. Um, and there's value in that, obviously. And I think to a certain extent, by the time these films came along, we were just at the point where being a visual audio powerhouse wasn't enough. I mean, if these films had come out, you know, 1992, I don't think anyone would have complained about the stilted dialogue. Um, but I think we were just at the point, you know, coming out right after The Matrix didn't help The Phantom Menace, with, you know, one bit whatsoever. Right. We're starting, uh, yeah, starting to get more people demanding less fantasy, more realism with everything. Well, and I think, you know, this film came out six months after, you know, Fellowship of the Ring and, you know, Harry Potter, where the idea that you could have both. You could have right. this incredible fantasy world and, you know, real grounded character development and emotional storytelling. There's also That's Spider-Man not... within the month yes. of this movie, too, Absolutely. which I think also played a giant role. in. Uh... Yeah, uh, everything, every time uh, one of the prequels came out, something came and kneecapped it right before its big debut. The Phantom Menace had The Matrix yes. came in and really, you know, changed effects. And then this one had Spider-Man come out two weeks and have that big opening and everybody talking about that. It stole its thunder. And then I think it's such an Sith was the one that was just allowed to come out and be like, okay, here you are. Spider-Man well, was also just very optimistic, which I think helped. Where this is like this yeah. kind of like there's a lot of fogginess going on as far as who's responsible for what, and you know, there's already the kind of the lingering effects of the first prequel that people were kind of mixed on, to put it lightly. Um, so, I mean, it just things like that kind of uh, didn't help. <laughs> yep, here we go. Uh, I never liked this scene at all. No, it is it's very unnatural. Yeah, it feel it feels like there's an idea here that could be fun, but because Lucas is like, let me overload this with this wild yeah. new character, robot waitresses that have accents. It's like, what? Well, come on, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I never liked that design for that waitress droid, which is now in Star Tours, voiced by Allison Janney. Huh. Uh, it just <laughs> doesn't seem like it could really happen. One wheel rolling around, but hey, you know, BB-8 was actually more realistic. And this guy, uh, the Dex, he reminds me, I feel like he's going for, um, there's the corner in Chinatown, is almost 
is pretty pretty similar to this guy. Yeah. Um. The effects. Cloners. Yeah, the cl- effects are <laughs> not holding up. Th- those hands look really bad. <laughs> not really. They don't look real. I mean, but they, you know, they stand out. Do you think Disney's going to continue to touch up things like this? Or are they just going to leave the original stuff alone from here I on out? I think because of their reputations, I think they're not going to go anywhere near the prequels beyond merely acknowledging that they happened in the narratives of the movie. Well, I mean, they get all three in a couple of years, so. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure they'll do market research to see if they can make money by improving the special effects of the prequels or whatever, but... Depending how money goes, I mean, Marvel got cocky and gave us a Howard the Duck cameo, so. <laughs> um, Jar Jar could return. Yeah, he was cool in the Clone Wars. Something I didn't, I didn't pick up till later is that he has a mustache. like that, Yeah. That yeah. used to not stand out to me before. I've seen it since, but it's like, huh, he has a mustache, okay. And, and I didn't know he was going to say pocketbook, by the way. I thought he was going <laughs> to say something else. It's one of those classic Coruscant terms, pocketbook. This is the kind of stuff that makes me dislike this movie, where I like the idea of seeing Obi-Wan on a detective mission, even though that means mm-hmm. separating him from this person he's supposed to be best friends with for a movie that I'd like to see more about that. But the the detective mission leads him to, like, all right, I guess I got to go to the library. I feel like yeah. if I'm watching Star Wars, I don't want to see my characters go do research at a library. I'm not yeah. against libraries, but <laughs> in the, for a movie like this, I feel like I want to do something a little more engaging than he's going to sit down, research files, Talk to an old librarian. No good and show I don't, up. I don't, I don't like this librarian either. She's kind of uh, stuck up. You guys are just against women characters in Star Wars movies. <laughs> well, there's so few of them. Um. Well, I think my issue with it is, you know, offhand, the mystery never really amounts to much. There isn't anything that he learns here that... He won't find out in the whatchamacallit. Although I guess he does, you know, go, hey, go pick up those clones. Yeah, even pick, that, like... Yeah, he picks up the pieces, but I think part of it is that the scroll gives away too much, which is a weird thing to say. But yeah. the scroll's, like, talking about Lord Tyrannus, who we don't see till like, what, two hours into this movie or something? Like, it's... Yeah. Uh, not that long, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, there's... We're getting a lot of exposition in the scroll that doesn't seem applicable until much later. So the mystery that Obi Wan's trying to solve, we're kind of a step ahead of him already, and it's just a matter of time before he clicks some of these pieces together. And there's like ambiguous elements like Sifo-Dyas, which we mentioned, where it's like none of it's you know this this isn't, I mean, the, big, just... this isn't the big sleep, but it's also not the Maltese Falcon. It's not an easy detective yeah. story that we're following here. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, the Sifo-Dyas thing winds up in the credits start rolling at the end of Revenge of the Sith, and you go. I, I guess that was probably Darth Sidious or Count Dooku that did that, saying they were that guy. <laughs> or a hologram. <laughs> or a hologram. <laughs> I... Yeah, it's it's just, it remains too, like, unfocused on what it was. It, it feels like it doesn't, it doesn't capitalize off Howard. the... Yeah, there you yeah. go. It doesn't capitalize off the, like, the detective story that we're being told. Like, there's no... Oh. There's no, like, Obi-Wan comes in knowing the pieces and being like, aha, but did you know this? And, like, you know, rolls out his whole, like... Here's what happened. Exactly. Like, we don't get that. He was just kind of like, all right, I guess I get captured, and I meet up with my friend again. Yeah. Um, And I feel like, you know, obviously we can understand, regardless, 
but there seems to be a missing scene where they, the Jedi, go, oh, there are clones on this planet. Let's go get those clones and bring them to the to the desert planet, wherever they are at the end. They have that. There's the council scene. Well, not the council scene, but the Senate scene where they're like, well, I guess we got to go get them. Well, yeah, Obi-Wan gives a whole message where he's like, I found a clone ar- army yeah, on, on, on Kamino. And, and Yoda's all like, all right, go to the clones, I will, and check this whole thing out. And then, he, you know, he's the deus ex machina at the end of the movie where he comes in with yeah. the clones. Um, I think because that would undercut the idea of, of uh, Yoda coming in at the end and saving the day. It would be like, we know what's coming, where it's more of a fun surprise that he saves the day with all this, these clones and stuff. The clones never really attack, though, do they? They just—they're defending their own. No, yeah, planet. it's a misle- It's also a misleading title. It's a great title, but <laughs> it's a misleading one too because it's not really like clones suddenly come out of nowhere and start, you know, invasion of the body snatchering everybody. Like it's just all right. So it's still one of the ridicule titles, and I like this title. I mean, I never liked I it. <laughs> I don't like. I mean, we were expecting like what? What else? I mean, we wanted the clone stuff, so this one announces, you know, to Star Wars fans like, hey. That's what it is, and it's it's very of the Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers type, you know, serials. It accomplishes that. It's just it's a pulpy title and it's fun, but it, it's, it is misleading where, you know, there is a Phantom Menace. There is a Revenge of the Sith. There is a New Hope. There is an Empire Striking Back. There is a Return of the Jet. Like, there's all that actually happens. This one's like, oh, okay, there's... Are they attacked? Well, I guess they're involved. I don't know. They, they didn't, like, say, like, hey, guess what? We're clones and we're attacking now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in this movie, that could have been dialogue. Attack! <laughs> but they, attack they show up, they drop down, they attack the battle droids, they attack the Geonosians. I mean, I guess they're, if, I guess they're if attacking. It had, if they're not blocking everything. If it had it's an exclamation point at the end of it, then, I, then I'd be more annoyed because it'd be like, they didn't attack them, but clones. But it does, yes, you're, you're are, you are right. They do attack in some way or another. But yeah, they do. it does happen, but it's something in the movie. It's not what the movie's about, really. Yes, that'd be more my thing, I guess. But I can't argue. I can't think of a better title for this movie than that. The mystery at Camino, like (laughs) (laughs) the cloners' plot. Forbidden love in Naboo. (laughs) We're back on everyone's favorite planet, Naboo. By the way, Anakin surfs on a shag. Whatever those animals. Where the uh, the home of the uh, Darth Sidious, the evil Emperor Palpatine. Came from Naboo. Him and Jar Jar, same place. Who'd have thought? Everything happens on Naboo. Mm-hmm. Naboo and Tatooine. <laughs> and Coruscant by default. All right, here's some Cyril Bibble. How do you think that election went? <laughs> Isn't it an election? I forget. I mean, you become queen on Naboo. Is it only queens? Do you have any kings? Oh, uh, I don't know. Kind of I think he's going on. for that, like, you know, well, he's obviously going for that, like, 10-year-old emperor thing, but going... going like, a, like a Dalai Lama type thing? Yeah, like that type yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. he's going for, so... Still Bibbles Beardsley, right, David? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I guess. No yawning. You're no yawning. These, it's okay. It's this movie. These cl- these costumes, guys. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so much layering going on here. It must be cold there. <laughs> it seems nice. It seems like a you know cool 73. <laughs> it's not bad. 
Oh, that's my favorite. There, there's the my favorite exchange right there. He's, oh, sad. he's not. He's not a Jedi. He's just my. He's just my helper protector guy. He's, he's not. He's not a real Jedi. He's just here to help out. And then that look of Anakin where he just shakes is like I don't know what to say. All right. Uh. Well, he's constantly getting, literally and metaphorically, cock blocked this entire movie, if not by Padme and by Obi Wan and whatever. Scott, you write for Forbes. Emasculated. <laughs> whatever that was. <one. laughs> Oh, it's Attican sass locker right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like that. I like the, the idea of that. Uh, these little Jedi starfighters that they have. They have these like hypergate things that send them in light in assistance. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I thought that was a cool, like, neat little sci-fi concept. Speaking of cool, Camino is a cool planet. I like look this, at this. Look at that CG water. Wow, that's old yeah. CG water. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, you know, we get all these various planets that have distinct like uh, geographical details, and this one's just a planet that's all rain and water all the time. It's like that's cool, and it it looks good. I want to live there. And these. Camino... It is a shame. It is a shame that we don't get to see those little uh, whale things that they ride around too much. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's what the that's what the expanded universe is for. Oh. Yeah, whale we, song of Camino. It's funny we missed a line. We didn't miss. We were just talking about something else. You know, we were just talking about how you know basically the politics of this film, which is you know, it always freaked me out the fact that you know Lucas wrote the Phantom Menace before the impeach the attempted well the successful impeachment of Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. which you know that story of course involved a relatively respected uh, <clears throat> senator you know thrown out through baseless accusations of scandal, and then he comes out with Attack of the Clones which is basically about a populace that gives up its own freedom out of fear after a series of terrorist attacks, which, of course, came out you know six months or whatever, or six, seven, eight months after 9-11. The joke I was always making is that, God, I was scared to watch Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, but the politics in this film, I thought they were pretty obvious. But, but, that's, I, but I think that applies more to what you're saying about Lucas ca- caving into what the, you know, what, the, what the geeks were saying, where it's like, all right, well, we have less of this. Well, yes and no, but I mean, everybody criticized, not everybody, a lot of people criticize Revenge of the Sith for its really, 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 really obvious politics. And I will argue that's because he was being a little subtler here and nobody got him. Because everybody was shocked, shocked at how explicitly political Revenge of the Sith was. Um, I wasn't. I don't think no, I was. I mean, you know, it's, it's, well, I, mean, I, remember, I remember one yeah. line got a lot of ridicule in the movie. Yeah. They were like, oh, he's going after Bush. Yeah, but that was that was uh, about it from *Revenge of the Sith*. But everybody and, was always more interested in those politics with these movies. Yeah, it's always one thing. Uh, people our age, <laughs> yes, but the critical yeah. consensus in the media at the time, you know, it just it was it wasn't it wasn't until *Revenge of the Sith* we're like, oh, I get it. The guy that made *Return of the Jedi* in the Vietnam parable is doing that again. Um, but anyway. We have uh, uh, Obi Wan talking to the advanced metas from the end of AI. <laughs> I remember being so bored of everything on Camino. It's just, uh, God. I don't uh, like this stuff. I'm yeah, intrigued by. Like I like Obi Wan's. Obi Wan's pretty funny here. Uh, they they get the the battle, the fight. If you want to go talk about stuff, I'm not engaged by. Here's Naboo. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Well, you're like they cut all Padme's family out of this movie. They were supposed to go visit them for a couple yeah. scenes. Yeah, good. I'm happy they did that because this yeah. I mean, I get what you have to do here, but because of as we've talked about, the you know, the focus on direction of these scenes and what have you and how affecting the actors are, 
it just you know the 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 romantic chemistry that's supposed to be forming here feels more like a plotting way to get through this stuff so we can get back to you know the quote unquote more fun stuff. Well, Hold on, he doesn't also, like sand. And yeah, this dialogue is. Well, it's also a storytelling mistake in that she's apparently not interested, and he keeps trying and trying and trying. <laughs> now, whether you want to say that's creepy or just painful, either way, it's not fun. You know, if they had, you know, it's not my place to say what they should have done. But created a chemistry where they both like each other, but, you know, Jedi code or whatever, they don't think they should act on it. At least they can be, you know, happy and flirtatious together while you wait for them to say, you know, fuck it and make out at the end. Maybe it's just been too long since George had this kind of relationship. This is how he imagines it happening. Oh, I think that's certainly part of it. Like, he, yeah. it's, it's being, being slightly out of touch. <laughs> I mean, he, the... Um. It doesn't help you also that, you know, the last movie we saw, this character and that character, he was significantly younger than the other character. And I think, that, <laughs> I mean, that, I think that is something that legitimately resonates with people that are watching this thinking, wait a minute, how, what, what is this going on here? He was like a are kid. You, are you an angel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I, yeah. It's weird. It's funny because they spend so much time trying to make this this love story this big thing with Han and Leia it basically came down to just like one scene where they connected that's it where she was trying to like uh fix the thing on the falcon and then they had that moment and but, but, aside from that there's flirtation added throughout other moments but they never like stopped to just sit and try and build it that's the power think, of Harrison Ford that's what that yeah. is <laughs> i think i mean they they started off by having a lot of long stares though you know, and that, I think that just sets it up. Um. <laughs> Clone school. <laughs> That's so many. So many. This is our favorite interpretation of <laughs> Boba Fett, right? Clone yeah. lunch. They're they're eating nothing. I don't see any food there. It's Neverland. They're they're training. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta imagine uh, it first. They're they're training to learn how to eat, Scott. That's what's going. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> What's Captain yet, Typho doing down there? <laughs> the dialogue is interesting, but these scenes are staged and shot with just no energy whatsoever. Um, yeah, and that's you know, exactly that goes it. double for the romantic interlude, which is why they're so sort of eh. Uh, and again, you know, I, well, I, it's I a lot. Know. It's a lot of slow-paced exposition. That's what. Yeah, it is. Really, I mean, it's yeah, not, it's, it's, we're it's, not it's, we're not learning anything here that we couldn't learn in a much faster-paced scene that has like information spread out more, or, you know, quickened up. Because I mean, you get the idea. It's like okay, there's clones. Like I, I, yeah. I think that part of that is maybe it has to do with him him show, trying to show off all of his CG tricks that he wants to show off. And yes, I like, don't have to this. hire one person to wear armor. Yeah, and it's just like, instead of him telling this movie that he wants to tell, he's like, look at the stuff I have, and just look how beautiful it is, and I think it got Look at my shit! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's gonna... the thing, the, the joke throughout the prequels was, you know, the George Lucas line was, ah, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. That was the, the running gag throughout all three films. Well, that's, not to get too much into Rogue One, uh, but that's something I like about Rogue One, is that the, the, the movie cinematically is fantastic. I think it's one of the best yeah. shot Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. and, and it really shows in a movie like this, where, like you're mentioning, like the, there isn't much energy in those scenes. It's just like, you know, camera here, digital effects of armies walking together because that's great, I guess, and moving on from there. Like, and even this stuff, it's like, all right, we have this giant like area that we can shoot in with these massive waterfalls or whatnot. Let's have a close two shot of them in some grass. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? Like, uh, 
It's also it, it, so pretty, it's but play. it builds What's like a stage play. Yes, it does, and a poorly a poorly done one. It's like yeah. people are doing Mammoth wrong. Like that's yeah, exactly. that's what it feels like. It's like fences, but with the, where the dialogue is terrible. Yeah, she's like telling about like her old flame, and it just it makes it even more awkward. Instead of them connecting with one another. Yeah. No, but he te- they, he teases her. Come on, guys, he teases her, right? Something about being a senator. He's too smart. <laughs> he he'd never tease a senator. He, yeah. He, he fails completely. But, in but we get a little it, we get a little insight into his dark side here. Well, we get even the, if he is teasing. Well, what's what's funny is that he gets this. He has a very simplistic logic of how government should work, which is, I think, kind of hilarious and how deep I mean, he is at this kind of area. From where he comes from, I mean, he wasn't like a well-educated kid from where he comes from, so it kind of yeah. like gives insight to where maybe he could easily be turned, whether his turn works or not fully in the next film. But it's it's at least planting a seed. I I agree with that, and that's why it gets difficult for me to understand just how tapped into Anakin's psychology lucas was when writing the character oh jeez. oh this is this is something this yeah this is the yeah this was <laughs> cut this is not in the imax cut this was gone oh what they they they, they couldn't keep this classic scene in there <laughs> <laughs> well i think him writing it or something i don't know but like most of this naboo stuff was gone from the imax cut. i mean i think you could well probably i i would like to i'd like to hope that imax editors or whoever was in charge of that probably just made a giant montage out of this stuff which probably plays a lot better <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like how much oh. of this dialogue do we really need in all of these scenes of Naboo where you could just cut like a you know a Rocky montage? Of it? I, I don't know. I think they could roll a little longer. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, There's this big flying thing you were talking about, dude. Yeah, I thought there was gonna be a battle with those guys. Those would be, that would have been cool. And I would say the same thing that a lot of stuff, you know, for Obi Wan's quote unquote investigation, a lot of it feels redundant where he seems to learn the same information. Yes. Right, slightly differently in different circumstances, you know, three or four different times. Um, you know, and this, I think, by de- default, is one of the better scenes in the film, just because it's between two human actors. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> Curious. You know, not to be mean about it, but now having said that, there's nothing that he learns from his first look at all these aliens and whatever that he can't also learn from from the name of the actor it's not on the tip of my tongue who his way oh. who jago fett tomorrow morrison thank you tomorrow morrison you know he, he gets what he needs from him he's also now the voice of boba fett on home video releases and moana's dad yes <laughs> yes you know when when I heard, when I saw the movie, but when I saw Moana, I was like, "Oh, that's Jango Fett." That's that was my exact reaction when he was scared of water. Because uh, it, it made exactly <laughs> it, it made sense. Because he lived on a horrible water planet where it rained all the damn time. He was also the uh, first mate in uh, Speed Two Cruise Control. Picking up the trash was awful. Speed Two Cruise Control. He was first mate. Just want to oh. throw that out there also. Oh, you're right. Yeah. He was, he was made the captain after Willem Dafoe threw the other captain overboard. Yeah. <laughs> he, he and Jason Patrick got under the ship to uh, stop the propellers. And uh, I know a lot about Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> Future commentary, of course. No. <laughs> this stuff is good. This stuff's legit good. I do like this. Yeah. This, moment's of, this moment of kind of like, I know stuff and you know stuff. We both know stuff about the same stuff. And we're going to kind of out-macho each other right now. And again, I think part of it is just because, you know, it's... It's two you know, actors acting. acting. No like, one's acting to a tennis ball. 
Yeah, it's two actors, uh, two 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 older actors that know yeah. how to act acting with each other. Um, and it's a scene of tension. Like, yeah. it's easier. I think I'd imagine it's easier to There's write a scene of tension. Subject. It's easier to write a scene like this than like what they what George Lucas thinks teenagers would sound like in love. Yes, he's this big badass bounty hunter, but he's like, "Can I have a son? Just <laughs> want a little son." It is kind of interesting. Well, we don't know much about him, really. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> oh, it's very the classic it's very, oh, dining one, yeah. scene. Yeah, just to, to to get on the Django thing, it is. It's handled in the the bounty hunter PS2 and Xbox game, where and like at the very end of the game, he like goes to Camino, and it's like, all right, I'll do this clone thing, but only if I can have a son. Like it's like it's like the dialogue is very like very on the just right right there in front of you. Did he say, like, his wife and him always talked about uh, adopting a young boy? <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. All right, Anakin slicing a space pear. Yeah. Space pears. Feed her. Boom, good catch, Padme. <laughs> she forked it real good. Did she digitally eat that? No, now this scene, everybody, like, what I saw this yeah. multiple times in the theater, and every, there was always a gasp when this scene started, like, oh. It's well, a little it's, too romantic. Shit's well, getting also, real. They're, the camera's frozen on them for, like, ten seconds before they actually speak, which is, like, a film school, you know, freshman film school mistake. Yeah. You know, you, you cut to where something's about to happen. And that's, you know, that's the case of a director having, like, he just wants you to enjoy this, this, the moment or the scene, you know? And that's just, yeah, there's a little too much of that. It needs to be edited. Well, and it kind of feels like, I mean, the dialogue is not, not at that level, but it feels like, you know, high schoolers doing a play on Shakespeare. Like, it's... Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, this is like the casting video right now. Like, I memorized it. I don't know what it means, and I don't really... It would be hilarious to use this dialogue for auditions and everything and just have people I mean, <laughs> blind well, read it. That should be a good challenge. Actors that can make this dialogue good equals you get the part. <laughs> he just wants to pork. One of, one, of, one of Anakin's problems is that his eyebrows are not strong enough to really emote. Like if he had if he had, if he had bushier eyebrows, he could really play off these um, Obi Wan's always putting me down scenes. Well, that'll be even more sad when he gets him burned off. Yeah, that's, that's David. That's the main tragedy of him getting him burned off. <laughs> that's why Darth Vader's so angry. Yeah. They actually my, grew my back. eyebrows. They actually yeah. grew back, and then when DVD became a technology, he lost them again. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your sister you were right about me. Your mother is buried on Naboo. (laughs) Tell C-3PO you were right about me. I built him. Man, we have nothing to say about this, huh? It's just just this bad. We're holding our breath till it ends. I, I do like the shoulder pads that he has. A... Well, they all look great. Yeah. I mean, so, um, and again, my my only issue is again that that again I would argue in re- in response to you know douchey fanboys that 
were sad that they couldn't wank off to, you know, Amidala in the first film. She's far more conventionally attractive in this picture. But she's also significantly older looking, too. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's 10 years later. I mean, she filmed that first one in, what, like, 97, 96? Yeah, all the more... All the more reason that the complaints were, you know, goofy. Yeah. But again, you know, we didn't want a character. You know, I can't remember the number of reviews I read of Phantom Menace that were complaining that the characters weren't like exactly like Han, Luke, and Leia. No. Well, uh, we, we didn't want Anakin to be nine. That was part of the yeah. thing. We're like, what, really? But, you know, ironically, as a trilogy, that works. Yeah. I, I remember, well, they- you know, one night I was I was flipping channels, and on one HBO you had... The Phantom Menace during one of his yippee moments. And on HBO 12, they had the very end of Revenge of the Sith where he's on the you know lava planet you know trying to kill Obi-Wan. And mm-hmm. it's jolting, that transition. Yeah. Well, Scott, you know, didn't you tell me, like, before you went and saw this movie in theaters, you did, like, a, a marathon with friends? And, uh, and there was, like, so, some girl that had never seen Star Wars before, and you started yes. with Phantom Menace. And then she, when Vader revealed, she was, like, heartbroken and, like, yes. really upset that that kid... Yeah, she saw Phantom Menace, Star Wars, and Empire. When she got to Empire, she was freaked out <laughs> that you know that little nine-year-old boy was Darth Vader. <laughs> you know, I I, I want to say that I, I took my parents to all the prequels, and they're not huge Star Wars fans. They don't watch a lot of movies, but they all loved Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Attack of the Clones, they were just. After, you know, usually after the movie, they'll say, like, oh, good movie. I like that a lot. My mom really loved little Anakin. And then they got to Attack of the Clones. They, it was just silent. They were just like, thanks for the movie. <laughs> you know, just, and I still took them to Revenge of the Sith, but they were just, they, they didn't like that one either. And, See, maybe uh, I'm just too fanboy with it or something, but I, I, I left exhilarated after this movie because of that. You know, there's that Jedi lightsaber battle, like tons of Jedi lightsabers everywhere. I have uh, a the, big the problem clone, with that, how that fight. plays out. We'll get to that. But okay, the a, clones fighting. The, yeah. the clones fighting with some like innovative camera work that hadn't been seen in Star Wars, like a ground battle. And, you know, I, I, I didn't mind the... I, I thought the Yoda fight was kind of cool, and I was like, all right. So I, I left on a pretty big high. This is uncomfortable right here. The, the Yoda fight, I'm a huge fan of, actually, but they're, the, yeah. there's... We'll get we'll get to it. We'll get to I, it. I don't like yeah. this right here. He goes, football we got, practice. We got, we got Anakin Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> We get another football practice in uh, Revenge of the Sith, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like no, this a, I actually like. This is a scene shot, that I yeah. like. Yeah. And, and even just not, the nature of this yeah. conversation is actually pretty good. But it's... I, I, like seeing Je- I like seeing Anakin do Jedi-type stuff. I, I, I don't need him to do, you know, weeping and angsty stuff. But hear him doing, like, Jedi stuff. I'm interested by. I like the idea right. of standing and just meditating. Like that's this is the, yeah. This is the equivalent of seeing Batman sleeping with it hanging upside down. This yeah. Is, uh... Even just these lines, which seem to contradict how he seems to be behaving so far. It's like, oh no, okay, he's doing the Jedi stuff. <laughs> which Padme's also, like, yeah. Padme's like, so uh, Belgian waffles or no? <laughs> <laughs> Space pair. <laughs> Remember how I said I hated sand? Well, we need to go back to sand. <laughs> Damn it. Mm-hmm. 
By the way, you think the Jedi Council would be able to handle this whole, like, let's, you know, get your mom out of that place thing? You think they could do him a solid? Sam Jackson, just, yeah. Sam Jackson just hates Anakin. That's what I get yeah. from all that. He hates Anakin. He hates the idea of the one. He hates all of this. He's like, well, I don't want any part of this Anakin right. character. Make him miserable. He is I mean, right. That's the thing. <laughs> See, and Yoda right the whole time. Although, kind of. It depends. Well, yes, I mean, no, you have to wonder if they hadn't been such schmucks to him in the first place. That, yeah, there's yeah. a mis. I mean, it kind of. I mean, it sounds silly, but, you know, they mishandled him. Yeah. I mean, if they had treated him different better or not been so apprehensive well that's why palpatine has you know there's a twisted view where palpatine's right where the jedi are arrogant yeah uh, so he takes advantage i mean they, they he both he goes to an extreme obviously but but the, he is correct that the jedi seem to be they, they, they have a bit more of a a thought of what the, you know they have a chip on their shoulder essentially yeah. i i kind of take issue uh, we're jumping to this scene now where obi-wan and Bo, uh, jango fett are fighting i He's just packing up his stuff and moving his son. Why is he fully dressed for war? <laughs> it's raining out. He doesn't have one, a coat. One last suitcase? <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> can, we, can we talk more about how Obi-Wan is able to withstand blasters right in his face? <laughs> For, like, the ship just blasted at him, and it's like, all right, that's... that's... It, hit, it hit the floor. I'm still. Because I mean, yeah. Boba Fett's a bad shot. I'm playing Star Wars Battlefront all the time. Explosions go off on the floor by me, and I'm dead. So, I, I mean, what's Obi-Wan doing here? <laughs> So basically, we're seeing mostly CG body doubles in this fight. But there's it's fun. Like this is this is a fun little fight. I like it. Get a jump kick midair. It's just awesome. Yeah, Obi Wan knows some kung fu moves. Here we go. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boom. Uh, uh, I don't, don't see the, the physics in that. I don't. <laughs> He's ruining the Camino sets here. If you want to talk about physics, let's go into the rope swing right here. Yes. Where he does some quick moves. Yeah, that's and he's just hanging by his hand, his wrist. That's well, at least hurt. it's not like at least it's not like wrapped around his arm or something where it'd like rip his hand off. If anything, that just means Django Fett's got some good supplies. Here we go. Obi Wan ties a knot. Here it ends. Fortunately, it's a long drop. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, he's mastered those. We saw that at Coruscant. He's fallen for free for no, you know, a long like, <laughs> amount of time before Anakin pulls up in his his speeder. How he climbs up this, I'm more concerned with. Like, what is he? <laughs> what is he grabbing onto exactly? Right he's, now? he's got those blade things. He's got one what? blade. What? I mean, it looks like he's just grabbing onto something. Well, I know. In, in the, the you need to use the force. You could just that door would have opened anyway. You just walk up there. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do that when I go up to electronic, you know, sensor doors. Yeah. Be like Obi Wan. I put my thing up. I wish there was a montage of Obi Wan furiously running upstairs to get up to Jango Fett. Oh. Again. <laughs> that's then. That's where Jango Fett hit his head as, yep. a, as a tribute to the uh, A New Hope. The storm. Yeah, the stormtrooper could have done this. You know, in the first place, just thrown a tracker on it and avoided the whole squabble. Well, maybe that's what he was planning to do, and the Jango Fett was like, "Oh, I was packing my things, and there you are." Watto's about to make his triumphant return with a hat. Uh, Andy. Yeah, Andy. Andy. I actually like that scene quite a bit. No, I think there's, I think this Tatooine stuff's great. There's great acting yeah. from a CG character in yeah. that movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Part. It's one of Christensen's best moments. <laughs> yes, it is. Because there's, you know, again, there's a lot of subtext in that scene. Well, yeah, because there's, you know, he, he used to be my... Yeah, is that R2-D2 right there? I used okay, to be your yeah, slave. Was... Yeah, it was half slave master, half surrogate father. Yeah. What is Padme wearing? <laughs> what what, what is this? I assume that's some kind of heat resistant, yeah. whatever. Otherwise, she'd probably be burning to death. 
she handled it pretty fine in episode one. <laughs> Walking around for days because Liam Neeson wouldn't let her do anything else. So it's Chut Chut Watto. Is that like a, Chut Chut's like, a, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. Chut basically. Chut, you guys. I like that Watto's so poor that he has a terrible hat. Yeah. He's got, he's got <laughs> facial hair, too. He's a, yeah, he's, a, he's like a scraggly facial hair, and he's so poor that he that's like the equivalent of like a bum's like biddle. He has like this little hat on now. <laughs> it's actually his plate. It's his dining room plate, Yeah, too. that's what he uses to eat with also. <laughs> he carries a spork as a tool. Man, Qui-Gon robbed him blind with that gambling last movie. He's just left him. Oh. Yeah. I, and you know I mean, it's been ten years, so he had to have other things go on. I mean, we know he's a he's a he's a, a gambling addict. Clearly, he's in business <laughs> with the huts. He's in business with the huts. Yes, digital. Flies. Or no, he was just, he was just their boss, right? The huts owned Anakin, right? Or so it was weird, right? There was like no, no, no. It's... Wada, no Wada was their slave slave master. God, okay, yeah, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, because you know, he owned Shmi also and everything, and then he sold her, which he's talking about right now. We're going to get to uh, Joel Edgerton. <laughs> or is that the next movie? No, that's here. Well, that's I, guess here too. Yeah. I guess yeah. we're brothers. Yeah, he's in both. He only yeah. shot for this movie, though. They they shot that end yeah, scene. They shot the end at the, yeah, in this one. George just did not want to go back to Tunisia. There's a different kind of loving movie with uh, with him and Shmi. <laughs> <laughs> It's when he, it's when he fought Tatooine's Congress for interracial marriages. Yeah, for for uh, yeah, slaves. Uh, yeah, slaves and moisture farmers. <laughs> Once again, like Michael Shannon steals the show. Yeah, I, I like this space little battle chase. Here. Oh yeah, there's, yeah. A, oh yeah. I think it, I think it'd be hard for anyone to argue that this scene is not good. Like this, this is good Star Wars fun right here. All the action is pretty good in this movie. Uh, some of it's more cartoony than it should be, but it's all fun. Yeah, it's all clever. This... It's well staged. It's different than what we've off. A lot of it's different than what we usually see in a Star Wars movie up to that point. <laughs> um, it's just too bad it has Boba Fett in it. <laughs> Get him, Dad. Fire. You mean young? But let's 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 separate these things. Young. Yeah, Boba. yeah. Well, baby Boba coming soon. To theaters everywhere. Small cup of Boba. I've I've heard I've heard things about like what Disney's trying to come up with with Boba Fett to make him not this but keep this movie these movies you know canon like like Boba uh-huh. Fett becomes like a moniker or something uh-huh in time so that it's not the little clone kid I mean, I mean clone's up. gotta grow up yeah, I know but that, I mean, uh, seeing his father get decapitated hardens him right <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jango <laughs> deserved that at all well we'll get there <laughs> I, I plan to say about all that. Believe me, but um, this stuff right here, too bad. I mean, not too bad. Lord of the Rings: Two Towers is pretty awesome, but I mean, the sound design in this scene is terrific. Yeah. I mean, if if, they, if you didn't have you know these Tolkien master these masterworks coming out, you'd be like, well, how did Star Wars not win this? Because that that sound of like these sonic imploders going off and these asteroids, it's pretty. It's it's fantastic. Benford's <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, Brad Bird was killing it in this scene. Like he, Brad Burt. Ben Burt. Ben Burt was killing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Is he? And, you know, is he, at, is he, at is the... he too cool for Star Wars now? What is he doing? Who Ben Burt? Yeah. He's doing Star Wars. He did. He did Force. He did. I believe so. I don't know. I thought it was like Matthew Wood or something. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You're actually probably right. Let me think. Let me think on this. It was edited. This this move this movie was edited by Ben Burt. 
Huh. Well, now I gotta. As a as a huge uh, Boba Fett fan, I was happy to see a giant dog fight between the Slave One. And oh yeah, no, this is like, awesome. like this is great. <laughs> no, it's great to see how rapid fire that thing is. Yeah, like it, I mean, just knowing the you know expanded universe lore, you know everything about the character and his ship. It's like, oh yeah, get to see all this stuff happen. This is great. All right, maybe I should have looked read up on this, but Obi Wan's droid is a R four, but I thought R four had a, I thought they all had different domes. And that was, well, that no, was... R4 got a, gets a new dome in in the next one because of uh, something happens in this one. Like, because like I remember, like fan, there was like a contest for fans to choose what R4's head would look like in the in in uh, Sith. <laughs> okay, I'm serious. No, because I people just, care about. I, I don't know. I, about just these thought, droids. I thought this is an R2 head though. It's red though. It's a different color. Yeah, but it's still an R2. Uh head not an r4 head well it's an it's an astromech droid i don't know what you know i don't know how these things work exactly in them stars this is such a geeky conversation <laughs> how these things separate themselves out but i mean yeah his his, his droid is r4 that's like his yeah now this part where obi-wan's hanging out there this is how uh boba fett learned that yeah, uh, watch by, by not the by not seeing with this. the millennium falcon but yeah by him not seeing this by not seeing what he did he was able to learn what he did <laughs> yeah The ship is set that the slave one's such an awkward design where like it comes in one way, has to land a certain way, but they but they did it in Empire, so you gotta stick with it, I guess. True. Ben Bird did sound on Force Awakens. Oh, okay. Okay. Excellent. All right, it's R four P seventeen. That's the rolls off name. the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> so now this is Giganosis <laughs> at night. Looks like Big Thunder Mountain. <laughs> Maybe that's why Star Wars Land is being built right there. It's like we can pretend that place is Geonosis over there. Ben Burt edited the entire Star Wars prequel trilogy. Oh, then it's looking at it's that right par- now. Partially his fault, then. <laughs> so he crafted Hayden Christensen's performance. He, he did the best that he could. That's what he did. <laughs> could have done better. You should see the outtakes. <laughs> I'm a sound guy, not an editor. <laughs> Hello. Who are you? I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't recognize you with all those clothes on. The maker. <laughs> C3PO could use an upgrade, just saying. <laughs> I remember this movie being the movie that made me really hate C-3PO for a while. Yeah, he's terrible it's, on this. This It's not the best C-3PO in this movie. No, I mean, <laughs> he, he's good, he's, I, he's good he, fun in uh, Empire, but here he's just like, you're annoying. <laughs> he's, he's got like one line in the next one, right? That's yeah. pretty much it. Oh, he's incredibly 
He's as bad in this movie as most people think Jar Jar is in the first one. Oh, he's worse. Yeah. I don't mind Jar Jar. Uh, I'll take, I'll take this C-3PO over Jar Jar. Because he's doing it during what otherwise is a pretty engaging climactic fight scene. Uh, Jar Jar yeah, at least is sort of in. separate from the pack when he's being annoying. And Jar Jar, if you just redub his voice and just edit him down a little bit, he's still essential to the story. Yeah. Get that blue milk Either P.O. is just comic relief. Bad comic relief. Well, it's just, and there's a part with, for some reason, George Lucas was tempted to make him, like, do something stupid in every frame he touched. Like, he couldn't yeah. just let Jar Jar just hang out in a scene. He had to be, like, stepping in poop. He had to be messing around Luke, with something. Because oh. Lucas, Lucas went all in. He was like, this is going to be the next greatest character, guys. That kids are going to love it. Like he had, it's, not a, he, it's not a bad thing to think. It just, it didn't work. Like, that's... You know, no, you get his intent, but it's just like, you know, settle down. Like, it was, it's... Yeah, it was a little too much. I'm happy Lucas found, like, the most grizzled actor possible to play this person that Mary should be, by the way. This is like, <laughs> this is like a guy who was, like, trying to channel Robert Shaw in Jaws when he was... Right, yeah. <laughs> I just remember, I, I, I got pretty nostalgic when they got back here. I was like, holy crap. This looks... Oh, yeah, the whole moisture farm? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, did they always have Darth Maul painting on the ceiling? <laughs> well, it helps is that this moisture farm was all possible because of the the the, the banks that Owen robbed to get the uh, the rights in time. Uh, 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 Man, you know what? I just thought about uh, Shmi Skywalker's relationship with that Klee Lars on the hover thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. What is it's just like cleaning her his nubbin? The moisture farm. Nice foreshadowing there. Yeah, with actual shadows. Yeah. Hey, I'm Owen. I, I guess we're brothers. Oh, yep, we sure are. <laughs> I'm going to go kill people now. You stay you here. You keep wearing that blue dress because you won't get blue milk stains on it. Though. <laughs> Duel of the Fates returns, though. Yeah. Which is awesome. I'm going to go. Where did Anakin go? Did he just steal my speeder? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. Who's who's the son of a bitch. But who's the <laughs> I'll never let now. your son go out on adventures. <laughs> They couldn't find like any location shots to do the plates for this one. They had to use like this this stuff in the background. Yeah. Eh, they looked okay. Yeah, it was fine, but it's like you know. Now this is pod <clears throat> racing. <laughs> it is Bunta's Eve. <laughs> I would love to hear this negotiation with the Jawa. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst, the worst conversation. Ever. <laughs> they went where? <laughs> Utini, Utiu. What does that mean? Martini. I'm not thirsty. He, he just points. Okay, I'll just go that way. Utini, you just met me. They, they pan over to where I'm like, I'm like, oh, where's this on tattoo? Oh, we're on Geonosis with Obi Wan. I know we're yeah, on Tatooine. Yeah, this doesn't help that Geonosis looks a lot like Tatooine. I imagine younger people in the audience are also confused when they're seeing this. Like, where, where are we? Thanks, so Gareth that... Edwards, for having helpful names on every planet you went to, <laughs> <laughs> except Darth Vader, because we need to hold that one back <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> like, was that Mustafar? So, like, this is this is uh, Obi Wan on Camino. Now he's at Geonosis, looking at the battle droids being built. It's like mm -hmm. more intrigue here. My trip through factories of the galaxy continues. <laughs> I'm Hill Hauser. 
These battle droids are amazing. <laughs> I Rest saw a battle here, droid here. eat an avocado. Oh, look. Okay. It's Dracula. He's, yep. he's here. <laughs> oh, man. What's that one uh, separatist name that can't hear his voice is, like, modulated? And... <laughs> oh, we're, we're fine. That guy? Not, not yeah. The other one? I think it's Watt Tambor. Yeah, Watt Tambor. This is a lot like the scenes from uh, The Arrival of Charlie Sheen, which obviously yeah. this movie took a lot of heavily influence from. <clears throat> now available on iTunes from Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Yep. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's a fun character right there. What do you think's behind that crown? Ooh, Steampunk Man. Electronic like Warbling. Uh, this guy was annoying. This guy's oh, yeah, this guy's annoying. Skinnyhead. Sand Hill. <laughs> He's Skinnyhead to me. This council looks terrible. This is the worst council. <laughs> I, would not, I would not want to have a meeting with these people. <laughs> so, uh, we're the ones challenging the galaxy, huh? This would be the worst group to get together and eyes wide shut. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, jeez. The Legion of Dumb. <laughs> what? What did you say? How many moons are on this planet? Oh, that's Three. Tatooine. How many moons are on Tatooine? Jeez. Three moons over... Apparently. Annie. Jedi jump. Uh. Okay, so this is the scene where <laughs> Anakin slaughters everybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. Earn that even, even the Mastiffs. He kills women, children, all of them. Kill them like animals. But th By the way, <laughs> as we all know, Tusken Raiders hate the Skywalker family. <laughs> ever since the pod, ever since the pod race, they hate Skywalkers. Now, is there a way you knew exactly which tent to cut into? Jedi sense. Yeah. yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the Force doesn't work that way. Scott, this is the summer of Spider Man. Everyone has spider senses. <laughs> and got like, I don't even want to know what this is implying as far as what they did to Shmi. Yeah, no like, kidding. Strung up. She's yeah. Beaten. Uh. <laughs> You know, the Tusken Raiders may have their issues, but God. I mean, jokes aside, this is one of the more brutal PG movies ever made. This oh, yeah. Wait, was this still PG? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is, yes. It's only Sith is for the first PG-13. Um, oh, yeah. This, this, stuff made, this, this stuff makes me legit sad because yeah. Yeah, it Bob's dying in his arms. Like, it's... And, it, and, like, the stuff with Shmi in the first one is also pretty affecting. Um, and, again, she gets to act of Liam Neeson, so there's no reason why it shouldn't be affecting. But. Yeah. Again, though, the, the Jedi Council could not lend Anakin a bone by getting her mother off this planet or doing something to help her out. So now this happens. It's an attachment. You can't have them. Uh, yeah, I guess. But uh, even some kind of, like, benefit. Yeah, like, because he's legit having, he's having, like, because even, like, everybody knows, right? Uh, Obi-Wan knows. Like, they all know he's having, like, horrible nightmares about his mom's suffering. It's like, maybe if Yoda did that, we could have a little less cloudy dark sideness going on with this Chosen One business. So it's showing it, that the Jedi aren't as good as what they think yeah. they are. It's... So if Anakin didn't save her, she'd still be alive. <laughs> uh, but, mm, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> she says. I think, now I think I'm, she was. I think. I think she was able to work up the strength to have one big moment to just let go, hoping that something would happen, as opposed <laughs> to just stringing out the you know the horrible torture death she was getting so far. 
it's okay. At least Luke will be able to train a bunch of Jedi, and you know they'll have a new way of. Oh wait, that didn't work out. Yeah, <laughs> about that. Adam Driver. I see him, little children. It's his practice for killing uh, Jedi children. Yeah, you gotta learn somewhere. You mean younglings? He's got to numb himself to it. That's probably the darkest wipe in the series right there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The wipe. I mean, there's obviously the darker stuff that happens in some of these movies. Um, I also it, remember buying the action figure of the Tusken Raider that loses its head. Oh, yeah? Do you press a button and it goes, boop? No, it's just connected by magnet. I like to think oh, that Sam it? Jackson had to do, like, 14 <laughs> takes of getting onto that chair. He should have pulled a rifle. You want me to do what? <laughs> they don't call it Indian style anymore. It's good cross Press my who? <laughs> For some reason, he just yells at George all the time. What do you want, George? <laughs> He's just uh, talking to a little marker on the seat. Here's a fun question. Are there blinds in the scene, or did they add those shadows later? I, think there's no, I don't think there's any set there, really. That's what I'm asking. That is kind of the problem, I mean, because we talk about this with, with uh, episode one, where as much effects as there are, there's a ton of, you know, practical work in that movie. Yeah. This, yeah. Not so much. And I think it shows in a way that doesn't benefit it very well, where Sith at least has a better control of how to use it. Well, Sith, yeah. Sith, lo- Sith looks like a video game. And I'm not, and I don't mean that as a, a, a knock on it, but it, it looks no, like yeah. a really top tier, you know, video game. With... Yeah. If, it, if it's going to use that to the full effect, it's going to, you know, do a yeah. good job with it. This one, obviously it's not a bad job. It's just more of, especially now, it just kind of stands out as one that looks like an ex- it's a little more revealing. Yeah. You can see. Yes. Yeah. You can see. Yeah. Well, something that always struck me about the Sith is that, you know, the opening action sequence, you had those battle droids with the capes, and the yeah. capes looked real to me. So the as Magna Guards. Calls, well, I'd those pop- guys almost look like yeah. people, almost look like people in costumes in, yeah. in terms of how they moved and, yes. and their stature. Uh, you know what? I think they were real people that were moving around, though, like doing the fighting with them, and then these, you know. Yeah, I think that, yeah. I, <laughs> I imagine it'd be rather over them. to do. Yeah, because they're... Yeah, you know, they're actually doing sort. You know, they're lightsaber battling with them. It, it, I think it's a bit of a chore to do that with not things that aren't there besides battle droids or whatever. Yeah. Like it... See, R two is on task the whole time here. Yep. That's why he's the chosen one. Oh, Anakin's back, guys. He's getting, he's getting stuff done. He's relaying messages. R two. Don't, don't worry, Owen. I filled it. <laughs> Full. <laughs> oh, and by the way, here's my dead mom. I found your wife. Hope your speeder's okay. <laughs> Barrier in the sand, and I hate sand. To be fair, that's basically the look he's giving him. It's going to get everywhere, all over a corpse. <laughs> Not so much of a warrior now, huh? Oh. Nobody's saying anything. It's really... a moisture farm. Yet where are, you, where are all your tears? And it brought you some blue milk. <laughs> that is like how how baggy does her clothes have to be? Like every time. Hey, she had her navel showing before he left. Must have got a little chillier out. <laughs> she did. Well, they're they're in a hole in the ground now, so yeah, yeah. it's probably chillier than the desert sun of Tatooine. <laughs> 
Was Living it radar on... behind him? Yeah. Moisture dar? And this is where you give C-3PO a bath, you know. <laughs> my son will bathe my other son here. <laughs> Yeah, see, these lines are, you know, the lines make sense, but well, they're, they're, the, mo- the, they're the emoting's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> also, Andrew Andrew Garfield could nail this right now. Look at him. He looks like just like Andrew Garfield yeah. could have looked. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, they read, what, they read Philippi for this? Yep. Yeah. And and then uh, and Jonathan Brandis, who, like, two weeks after he was told he didn't get it, killed himself? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what's wrong, Annie? My mom just died, you idiot. And also this. Did Philippi turn it down? Was that a thing? No, I think he just—he was just one of the many that read. Yeah, I think DiCaprio turned it down. DiCaprio turned it down for sure. Yes. Yeah, what a world that would have been. A big franchise actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Talking about someone who could pull off the lines right there. Colin Hanks, Paul Walker, they all auditioned. Annie, I think we should just be friends. <laughs> no, he's got that bad boy. Got to fix him now. <laughs> it's that's that's what it, that's what we got here. Just like all right, just, all right. He just still looks so baby faced. Bad boy. <laughs> she she secretly hates Tuscan Raiders anyway, so she actually mm-hmm. she's actually okay. With oh no, this whole universe is is completely racist against Tuscan Raiders. That's the problem right there. <laughs> They call them sand people. The, hates, yeah, they, they, yeah sand they all people. they're all constantly muttering that under their breath. Fuck sand people. <laughs> Even sand people don't like themselves. They can't. They cover themselves in robes to not look at each other. Right. <laughs> it's horrible. You know, it, it, it's you know, looking you know, in all the the prequels, because we know where the story's going, and because it's in a very well known franchise, I don't think these films get as much credit as they otherwise would for the. Especially, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the rather unconventional plot turns that they take. We just had the charismatic teeny bop teen hero character committed, you know, a massacre, a genocide, basically. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't get the, – the film doesn't get credit for making the character as he is leading up to that point. Yeah. So it's like I'm already – I've watched an hour of this character being angsty and whiny. Yeah. So it's like if I'm getting to a dark <laughs> moment like this, I wish it would register more because I wasn't seeing so much whiny angstiness or at least a, a you know, a, a not-so-great portrayal of angsty whininess. Yeah. Right. It, it would have been better if he was completely opposite of this and he was just a hero kind of like Obi-Wan was. And then, yeah. and then, and then he just turns, you know? You know, it, it's, it's funny. Pretty, there like, were there were rumors that would come out about these movies that were, you know, ultimately, of course, untrue. That felt like they would have that would have been better. So, like there was supposedly like Anakin's mother was going to be like murdered, and like all the traces of it were like a Jedi because Anakin was like complete. You know, he still had his attachment to his mother, and he felt like the Jedi had his mother killed to separate from it, but tried to make it look like an accident, which you'd later find was like a Sith or something, but I don't don't, know. Don't don't you see how interesting that sounds, by the way, if like, (laughs) if, um, what Sidious was actually involved in all this. And that's why he would have be questioning the Jedi. He wasn't sure whether to leave them. Yeah. And also I think I always thought there would be like a love triangle between like Bail Organa, like whoever Luke and Leia's mother would be and Anakin. And that would be part of his, you know, Okay, I see. What you're and that's why I feel like that's why. Oh, and you have Bail Organa with Leia, 
in the other ones. And I, I also, I also never, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, Padme, she's got to die. I'm like, did she really? Because, you know, the, the original trilogy, oh, the Emperor knew, as I did, if Anakin knew, or, you know, had kid, or... Who doesn't Leia have a line in Jedi where it's like, I... She knew her mother. Was, she yeah, knew her, her mother. mother. <laughs> but I always thought she was referring to... Well, yeah, she, I thought she was referring to her real mother. And Padme didn't have to die. He, Anakin just yeah. didn't have to know he was having kids. Right. Well, because no, she has a line where she says, like, she died when I was very young or something like that. Yeah, I mean, she should have stayed alive, and then uh, the Emperor could just tell him that she died and made made him into what he was. Well, to be fair, the Emperor didn't actually know she died. Boy, but you know he could just lie. I mean, well, and if, well that's what I mean. He did lie. That's <laughs> he did do that. But <laughs> if there was said triangle with you know Bail Organa, Anakin, and you know Padme, then yeah. when you know you get to a New Hope and uh, they blast off Alderaan, you know Darth Vader secretly high fiving himself right there, like ha. Plus, it would have given Jimmy Smith a lot more to do in this movie. And right. The more Jimmy Smith, the better, in my opinion. Oh, he's a little too old to be thrown into a love triangle with these two. Don't, Jimmy Smith can do anything, <laughs> But that's where I thought it would go. Did you go. see Dexter Season 3? He true. made that almost work. It's true. But uh, I, know, I, I just always figured that that would be a part of it. I thought there would be some sort of, you know, something like that but nope i was like nope. when i saw when i saw jimmy smith was cast as bail organ i was like oh yeah that's great. i like jimmy I, was smith. So I, like, I was like oh yes that's great so they're just walking around in a cape the whole time i was like okay well, so he he, he stole his droid back right they didn't oh yeah he just took their stuff and left that's exactly what just happened <laughs> <laughs> classic anakin by the way dibs i built him may not have finished him what cruel irony, by the way, that C-3O gets to be has to be bought back by the Lars family again at the end of all this. Well, he's gold. They don't recognize him. That's true, and they all kind of sound the same, don't they? True. Yeah. And they all have they they all, they all have an Anthony Daniels inside of them. That's also part of it. Here's Ian McDermott just being awesome and understated. I like that. <laughs> like that's consistently good. And Masa the hair's Ma- a lot better than um, the, the hair's a lot better than episode one. Also, he, he combed, yeah, and cut. Here's well, Jar Jar thinking it's, big it's about what he needs later. to do. It's ten years later. It's ten years. I know. It, it's yeah, but I mean, the, the hair he's rocking in episode one is like Jesus. Give this guy. <laughs> let's let's do something about that. Terrence Stamp kept it real. Let's uh, give me Ian McDermott at the barber. And right, finally, Dracula's here. This was always weird because we'd never seen anything in Star Wars like this. Like a what, count, force count field restraint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird kind of prison setup they have here with what, ray shields or whatever these yeah. are. Now we find out, oh, the the the, uh, the the Skywalker Jedi family tree extends. Come to go. And there is a, there's more of this that they deleted because <laughs> this scene's already kind of boring. So they got rid of more of this stuff <laughs> for the final cut. Do we like Christopher Lee in these movies? He's fine. Yeah, right? It Not just took best. too long for it to get him in. That's my big problem. It's, yeah. Again, the scroll tells me Lord Tyranus is here. And I know Christopher Lee's supposed to be in this movie. So it's like, why am I waiting an hour and 30 two minutes to get to Christopher Lee in this movie. Like, Sydney Greenstreet pops up in Maltese Falcon, like, pretty pretty, pretty easily. Pretty, you know, well, pretty. and, and what, another weird thing is Sidious shows up, like, for two seconds at the end of this movie. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay, well. 
Well, I mean, I think we understand that he's pulling strings, so we don't need to necessarily right. see so much of him. Technically, he's in more of that movie, but shh, we don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> this is really the Phantom Menace 2. Well, are we, well, yeah, it's, it's are a we supposed series to... of Phantom Menaces? I mean, until Sith. are we supposed to be surprised at the end when he's like gets called Lord Tyrannus by Sidious? Be like, oh, Dooku was Tyrannus. Well, like that's that's the. I mean, I don't think so, but that's also been my like ever long question about Palpatine in general. Like, are we supposed to like McDermott's clearly? I mean, besides the casting, which you guys pointed out last year when we talked about this, besides the casting of McDermott in the role, <laughs> like is. Do we know these names? Like, do we know these characters? Or are we just supposed to go by the fact that he's, you know, the same actor being cast and that he gives, you know, looks every now and then? So, yeah, having uh, Christopher Lee here, I don't quite, like, you know, he's Dooku and he's talking about the various sides of what's going on. But it's like, yeah, are we, like, is he, ty- are we, should we be surprised he's Tyrannus? Like, there's only so many old guys that are doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and he's there to, you know, he represents that angle of what would become, you know, Darth Vader of the, you know, the fallen Jedi that's turned Sith. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite set. <laughs> I, I like this area. But my question I do. is, uh, how... I, I'm, I'm glad that it had an epic fight in it. <laughs> that's, that was a way to go. How fast does uh, Palpatine turn his uh, Coruscant Guards into red Coruscant Guards? Royal Guards. Uh, I'm sure the uniforms are reversible. <laughs> it was just really fast before the, like all the guards just started wearing red all of a sudden. I think they're reversible and that goes and then they got with, um, sunglasses lens on them yeah. yeah they they ditched the feather on the top are there any fun cameos in this one I know we got E.T.'s family in the other one George well, Lucas is in the next one George yeah Lucas and like his kids right and Ben Burt yeah Ben Burt is in the next one him and Lucas yeah, Ben Burt's in the next one yeah but you probably just have to focus too much on a Jar Jar's very important presence mm-hmm. in this scene, so there's no time for other families. Which oh, there's some. Uh, which wasn't so. Jar Jar was supposed to die in the third one, but since Lucas got like pissed that people didn't like him in the first one, he he cut him out. He cut him down in the next two, and then just left him alive. Right? That was his sort yeah, of he, revenge. He's walking around at the end. He's all sad in Naboo when the uh, yeah his, his writer takes over as queen, and Ahmadal was there. I have his lines from the next one <clears> memorized. It's. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> he's he's featured in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, a little bit, not too. Like in the, and it's, he's in like one of the last episodes of the Clone Wars too. Which, or yeah, the Clone Wars. Well, where there's like those lost episodes, and it's premiere like, of season four. Yeah, he get he gets a few moments to, to quote unquote shine in that series. That was the scene, by the way, right there where Yoda's like, "I'm gonna go see the clones." And, yeah, Jackson's like, I'm gonna go rescue Obi Wan because I need to do that because I'm better than him. <laughs> <laughs> Padme's keeping the hair like in one position for the rest of this movie, so that's nice. Because mm-hmm. God, these people changing their costumes and hair every ten seconds. How does she know where to park? That's crazy. Yeah, she she's used to getting robbed in the uh, not so nice neighborhoods of Coruscant, so <laughs> she knows what to do. We'll hide in the steam. It won't kill us. <laughs> Such bad dialogue. <laughs> no, stay in the ship. 
I, I feel like these, Anthony, these two are int- we, we we didn't know these two were introduced in this movie. Like, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're oh man. They go on their first adventure together. Even it's just it's mainly Anthony Daniels' reading of it too. He's a very different C three PO than he has ever ever been. Well, I think the idea is that they're trying to make him. You know, he's not used to these kinds of adventures as a you know as he would be later on. So it's his like. <laughs> Kind of like, like his awe at the scenes mixed with the fact that he's a protocol droid that makes him do act a bit differently, I guess, than when he's well, more he's, seasoned. He's half Jar Jar too. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, yeah, that's part of obviously part of it. I feel like he stammers a lot more. Oh, I know they they meet in the first one. What am I talking about? Because he says like their parts are sh- his parts are showing and all that. Never mind, mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Sorry. <laughs> this is their first like. First time out, though. That's yeah, this is the first. Yeah, this. Yeah, this is the baby's day out of the Star Wars. Universe. Where uh, R two <laughs> unveils the, those uh, those rockets, you know, the jetpack that he yeah that he never that we that we all knew he had and just were waiting for the time for him to use him finally. <laughs> George Lucas shows this part to Steven Spielberg. He says, "Hey, we got something in Indiana Jones too." And here begins my favorite level of the video game. <laughs> Because this whole, this scene is, I mean, it's fun. Like yeah. there's good stuff in here. But hey, the, the you know the scene ends with him getting captured by Jango Fett. It's like yeah. you could have just gone right there. Yeah. You guys had a problem with Anakin killing you know the the Tuscan Raiders, but what about the Geonosians? He's they're killing, just, killing just, the women they, and they, the children. They, they, yeah. they, they deserved it. They're they bu- they're them. just bugs. They sell drugs to children. <laughs> I bought so many of these stupid Geonosians. <laughs> They, they... I love that the film is not against showing them getting sliced in half and crushed <laughs> and everything possible. <laughs> it's like, oh, they, they're winged bug things. It's okay. Time it right. Go. Time it. Time it. Yeah, this is the best part of the video game right here. <laughs> this is this is the Prince of Persia level. Yeah. It's just like, why did I wear white? It's just going to get dirty. Well, it was interesting. And this started with the, the first Phantom Menace trailer, which had the big money shot of, Anakin, or not Anakin, uh, Qui-Gon and Kenobi doing like a triple back front flip from one platform oh, yeah. to another, which, yeah. you know, remind me of something you could do in the Super Star Wars games. Yeah. yeah. With this is, you know, I realize what we've seen in the last 15 years or so is basically action choreography, especially in fantasy pictures, that have become, feel more and more like what is possible in a video game. Oh, geez, this is um, the worst and there's a scene in, I mean, I'm going to be vague because, you know, I know who's seen it. We've all seen it. There's a scene in Rogue One, a very, very crowd-pleasing scene toward the end, yeah. in which characters act like they would if you were playing Star Wars The Force <coughs> Unleashed. Um, yeah, yes. And yeah. it's sort of like, you know, is that sort of the, the is that the end game for that kind of action choreography, where fans want to see these characters not acting the way they would in a movie, but in the way they would in a video game. Well, I think. Well, I, there's the uh, Batman vs Superman, the Batman sequence uh, where um, yeah, excuse Mark push and shove each other. Yeah, Zack Snyder's been doing that for a while. But yeah, what I, I mean, I know what you're saying, Scott, and I think it's a mix of the two. Where some movies that require more of that kind of bomb blast that's effects driven and what have you. I mean, it can look good or what have you, but you know, yeah. it's also satisfying in its own way. But you have get you are getting things like you know the raid films or the or the John Wicks and other things that do rely on 
good stunt choreography that isn't necessarily video gamey. It just it just looks really cool. Oh, no, or even I, like Mad, or even like even like Mad Max, I wouldn't say is very yeah. video gamey. I think it very much plays in the real world. Is what it's well, I, I would say John Wick is very you know, especially the the second act nightclub sequence is very much. I I, I think it, it in terms of in terms of narratively yeah. of and the again, narrative base of those. Soul. acts. If it works, it works. Yeah. yeah. Because the nice thing about video games is they generally don't have you know a gajillion cuts every two seconds. Oh yes, that's uh, for sure. You know, when I say video game choreography, sometimes that can be very much a compliment because you have a certain fluid, unbroken choreography. Yes. Um, and again, I, again, I don't mean that it's an insult or even a. No, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's been on frankly, again, it's been on my mind since the first Phantom Menace trailer. Like, oh wow, they're popping around like the Super Nintendo games. Um, remember how punishingly difficult the Super Star Wars games were, by the way? Oh no, they weren't. Not for me. I kicked ass. No, I... <laughs> I did good on this. I was very young when I played them. Maybe oh, I was okay. remembering them wrong. There you go. Oh, the, the Disney games, I will not argue. Those were hard. Those were pretty tough. Yeah, like Lion King and Aladdin. The hardest game ever was a Super Nintendo Roadrunner game. <laughs> oh, my God. They play up this tension really well, by the way, of the whole lava yeah. and the container thing. They kind of cheat it, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it, it does it does work. Because, again, R2's the chosen one. It took him long enough to get that thing in. He, did he get it in? Yes, he did. So <laughs> shut up, David. <laughs> he could have not done it. <laughs> it was a good thing there was a platform right there for the land. Now. Meanwhile, Anakin's just, you know, terrible. <laughs> he could have lost a hand there. He well, does anyway, wait. but still, he could have lost it right there. <laughs> His robe should be really short after he gets up. Robe one. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Not again. How many kyber crystals is he breaking off in these? Yeah, days? here we go. They're like, "Hey, tell Tamura he can take the day off. We got this." Yeah, we weren't trying to kill you. <laughs> Why are you killing all of us? The, the, the most CG Django ever, right there. Yep. yep. You see how we're not shooting and dismembering you like we're you just did to all of yeah. our people. Yeah. <laughs> lots and lots of murder. We're holding restraint here. Yeah. They were just That's... factory workers. Here, here's the John Carter scene. Yeah. Okay. With the white ape. <laughs> tell, tell me this music is not uh, the yeah, one this coming out. Okay, okay. You guys shut up. You guys, you guys talk. I'll be over, I'll be over here ape. listening to the music. I'm taking my headphones off. I was in tears when they, they had this exchange. <laughs> I just don't buy it. No. The script uh -huh. does. Okay. Like, shut up, Anakin. Just kiss her already. Once again, you're making literal what is implied. Right. The problem with a lot of the dialogue in this film. Just trying too hard to... We we knew this going in. Like it didn't have to. But she tr truly, deeply loves you. I mean, they didn't even have to have like chemistry to make this like work, quote unquote. But I mean, adding this dialogue just. Oof. Yeah, I mean, imagine if there was just no dialogue and they just look into each other's eyes and they just kiss. 
<laughs> I mean, it's fine. It just it doesn't stand out to me in the same way other Star Wars themes do. Shut up! It doesn't. You're wrong! You're just wrong! Yeah. Like I, TRL, there. you were wrong. This was number one. <laughs> oh, hi, was Obi-Wan. It? Hey, it's that detective guy. He's like, I yeah. saw you guys making out in there. I'm going to tell Yoda. No, I'm going to oh, tell Windu. When's my turn? Padme and her lockpicking. I like of the three of them, Padme's the most on the ball of how to get out of the situation. She's like, I got, I got the guy. I'm going to get out of these chains. Best day ever. <laughs> and that's the end of our fun banter. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. The rest is like Anakin pining after trying to get Padme. And he's like, you can't go after her. It's our favorite white friend, Dooku. <laughs> Says all the, you know, creatures that live on this planet. <laughs> Remember when he colonized us for the better? <laughs> Let the execution begin because you killed like 80 of us. <laughs> Let us bow our heads in silence for those we lost in the droid factory incident. <laughs> <laughs> we had to change our sign back to zero days without accidents. <laughs> We had 475, and we were going strong. This is a fun set of Harryhausen creatures. Yeah. yeah. And this guy, yeah. which I call Spike. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, cat's, I know. cat's full right now, right? So yep. he's not going to be as hungry cer- later. No, there What's was that? a certain, screw you, these films are still the cock of the walk element to this last, you know, 40 minutes or so. Oh, yeah. In a I mean, world they... where Star Wars was becoming just one of many. Uh, I, I mean, these Star Star Wars films don't tend to end poorly. I yeah. mean, they know what they're, they, they get, they go out with a bang. <laughs> Maybe a little less emphasis on a child jumping into a <laughs> trade federation ship and blowing it up because he just thought rockets would be a nice idea. Or, you know, Ahsoka Tano saving Stinky. Um. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that clone horse nonsense. <laughs> Good jump, I guess. These animals are really stupid. It, it surprised me that Dooku's surprised that the Jedi Ooh. were able to escape something like this. Ah, that, that hurts. Ah, now I'm sexier. Pretty much. Did they make a figure where you could tear that off of her? Uh, I don't recall. No, but she does. She already comes ripped. Obi Wan's getting punished here. <laughs> he's trying. He's like rolling around, like stabbing at him. Obi Wan thinks funny with that thing, where he stabs it and it like still screams. He's got this. Like, Hugh McGregor has this look on his face. It's funny. See, Padme's already done with hers. <laughs> it's like, yep, dead. <laughs> that new gun ray. Whew. Oh, Nuke Gunner is a terrible audience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the best kind because he's really excited by it all, but, you know. <laughs> After I saw Phantom Menace, I was like, I hope he comes back. <laughs> that's what that's what everyone said. <laughs> and at the end of Revenge of the Sith, it's like, oh, no sequel for Nuke Gunray. <laughs> yeah. Disheartening, man. He'd been there since the first one. It's, it was tough to see him go. <laughs> by getting slaughtered horribly by Yes. 
She's got all the time in the world. And like nine lock picks. Yeah, now everyone's got his stuff together. Got his spears, beating up pools. And it's cheating. <laughs> He's the reek, reek whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> And just like that, he's domesticated an animal. <laughs> it's like a Red Dead Redemption mission. Got the Akalei, which is the bug here, and the Nexu is the cat. The sensor. Which, which, one, which one's Claw 2? <laughs> which one's Rada? Yeah. The sense of restraint on these Geonosians. Not they jump. came to see a show, Brandon. They don't. They, they, this is their day. Their day shift's over. This is the night entertainment. That's true. That's for luck. Yep. These are their IMAX tickets. <laughs> right. Ow. Yeah. Jerk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that one's really into it. That was a. Uh, those are some effects <laughs> to get us on these animals. That's all I'm saying. It's the Star Wars gang, guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Destroyers. Really I like the start with those. No shields on these before, guys. Before Sam Jackson speaks, I do like his 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 shadowy entrance into yeah. oh, yeah. this. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, with a very crowd. This this film, especially the last you know thirty minutes or so, had a number of crowd pleasing moments. Yeah, I mean there were big cheers. Boom. <laughs> that's the first time we see it too, right? It's purple lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I like every Jedi's doing like their own like you know like entrance move yeah. like, as if they're about to get into like a fighting game. Yeah, pose, pose, pose. Waha. <laughs> I remember this being the biggest letdown was the arena battle because you have all these extras that don't know how to fight and they're just swinging at nothing. Well, it's that, and they're all supposed to be you know Jedi, and they're getting killed way too. Yeah, easily, they're getting picked off by but flies. That's that's why it's a huge arena. There's tons of shit going on. You can't. They're Jedi. You can't account for every. Well, they should. They're Jedi. You know, the Order sixty six shouldn't have worked. They should know better. They're they're Jedi. They should just not be in that situation to begin with. Like, let's get on the floor of this arena to fight. It's like let's get in the low ground. (laughs) Let's get in the low. Let's get in the kill spot. I remember. Yeah, people getting cheering big in the theater when they. You know, met with the Baldrys, and then I think when Mace Windu and Obi Wan go back to back, that was a big yeah. Well, that's a cool. Yeah. It's, it's... I mean, yeah, you're getting like you know cool action stars together. Action stars, Ewan McGregor. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, but you know, we're riding the high of what we saw in Episode One, which is probably the best lightsaber battles in the prequels. And uh, the series, they, they, it's more... Star Wars in general. It's certainly a bigger is better type of like play here. It's like, well, yeah. let's get all the lightsabers. <laughs> well, I think it's something that yeah. they, you know, understandably audiences wanted to see. Well, yeah, no one doesn't want. I, yeah, yeah, it's not. I'm not saying it's bad to see more lightsabers. No, I, just, I agree. The staging of this battle sequence cl- is clumsy. It is. It's, it's very clumsy. It's and just I, disappointing. You know, we all knew that. You know, we were all told, I guess, that Episode Two was going to have some, you know, brave heart with lightsabers. I think it was described. And I remember being very disappointed that it was just, oh, they're fighting battle droids. Okay. Yeah. They should be fighting clones, but the <clears throat> clones are on their yeah. side. Yeah. The clones weren't Jedis. They were <laughs> stormtroopers, early stormtroopers. 
I think that's the thing. It's like when you watch episode four, you hear Obi-Wan talking about the Clone Wars, you think it's the Jedi versus the clones, um, but that's not until way later. Well, we also look at this, also, look at this fool right here. Oh, yeah. look at this fool! It's like he's just blast like a punk. <laughs> well, we also had the Timothy Zahn novels where we were introduced to our first clone, which was a clone of a Jedi from the Clone Wars. Yeah, which got you know gets into people's heads, and uh-huh. that's what they began to expect, especially when Coruscant from those books was used in the prequels. Here's Django's nonsense. Wow, he, huh. he just that Mace Windu seems to be in, in trouble here. I might as well jump down onto the floor, <laughs> that even though I have a jetpack. Yeah. <laughs> I get trampled by this dude. Special edition alteration, when he goes to get his uh, jet pack. head chopped off, the jetpack fails, which yeah. wasn't in yeah. the theatrical cut. Yeah. Now, this fight scene was actually longer. There's, there's more. There were some deleted yeah. moments. Uh, Mace Windu, by the way, he's like, I gotta kill this guy. Like, boom, You can see the shadow of the head coming out of the helmet, by the way. Oh, yeah. Always, that was a nice touch. It's really gruesome. Boba's like, no! <coughs> I was like, what was Jango Fett's plan? Like, all these droids are not doing enough damage to the Jedi. I might as well get down there myself. <laughs> right. Yeah! Where's Kit Fisto? Give me some of that. That'll make me happy. There he is, smiling. He doesn't lose any tentacles in this. <laughs> when Mace cut his head off, he was like, nope, he is the traitor. Bam. <laughs> Hold on to your heads. I like how Kit Fisto smiling is what gave him like a cold. Yeah, he, got, he, got his, he got his own in, in that 2D animated Clone Wars. He got his own episode. Yeah. Like that, he he became a fan favorite just because he smiled after saving C three PO's head, and he what got I to go out is... like a punk against Darth Sidious. Yeah, yeah. What I hate is that they hired a different guy for the later ones. He was older. He <laughs> was an older <laughs> Fisto. Too many kits in the Star Wars universe, right? Well, the first one became a you know a diva. So <laughs> <laughs> wasn't uh, wasn't Anakin's friend uh, Kit also Kitster? Yeah, Kitster. Uh, no, no, he's, uh, what's Greedo? Um, no, that's Wald. Well, okay, Wald. What's Greedo anyway, though? What's the name of that? Rodian? Uh, Rodian, thank you. <laughs> Got a lot of Rodians in this universe, also. Yeah. Probably because the mask, the mold is just <laughs> not easy to make. A lot of Rodians, a lot of Twi'leks. We, we don't, yeah. we don't, yeah, a lot of Twi'leks, for sure. We don't need a lot of, like, skinny heads. Like, we don't need too <laughs> many of those right now. <laughs> isn't, isn't Darth Plagueis one of those skinny heads? That's, like, his, that's what... I, I think they made him into one, yeah. Yeah. Do we know what Snoke is? Uh, Does he have a thing? I Mace Windu. That's what uh, he is, right? He's Mace Windu. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Shmi Skywalker back from the day. I will thank them wholeheartedly the if Snoke voice. ends up being Snoke. Yeah. yeah. That's my fan theory, damn it. And I'm sticking to it. Snoke from Jersey Shore. Snokey. Yeah. Snokey? Snokey. I did, I did kind of like these super battle droids, though. They're... Yeah, the super battle droids are pretty cool. I think those are, you know, for one thing, they're killing machines. Like, they do their job. Like, good job. You Like, wrist <laughs> blasters that are rapid fire. They're fun to play in Battlefront 2, I believe. Yeah. They're imposing, which the original battle droids weren't. They kind of, like, weaken, you know, the intimidation yeah. factor of the opposition. But you're right, though. It is kind of unfortunate the first time we see all the Jedi in one, you know, and they're kind of... Not great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, like you're, you're supposed to be the badass warriors here, and you're just getting taken out by a bunch of robots. Like, come on. 
And Django Fett with like a little revolver. Yeah. But have the Anakin's like I, I didn't get to pose earlier. Let me do it now. <laughs> but have the Jedi had big battles like this before? Do we know that? You know, like that's maybe that's true too. They're they're just not well trained enough. Because they're I mean they're they're keepers of the peace and they're always you know they're battling is supposed to be you know in defense. I I mean, but they but like, like a, they hinted that at the beginning with Obi Wan and them talking in the in the elevator. Yeah. Just like these they, these little scuffles we get into, or right. even like Lee, Lee, uh, Qui Gon Jinn seems to like hint at like he's got they've get into like various adventures, adventures, maybe but not, not like yes, yes maybe not more. like a full scale battle. But even a full scale battle, I like to think Mace Windu has a better plan than all of you guys go down to the center of this arena. <laughs> like they, they should be smarter. Than they could they could all force push outward and just knock everyone down. Yeah. Well, they didn't know the super battle droids were coming. This is the first time they've been introduced to them. Yes, I. These are, these are fair remarks. It's except more, it's more Attack of the Clones is the best Star Wars movie of all time. Except it. <laughs> no, I, I just yeah, I don't know. Like we don't know that, and I, I like to think that you know, Revenge of the Sith is supposed to show us, and the Clone Wars cartoon show us that the Jedi become something that they never were supposed to be in the first place, and that's part of their yeah. downfall. Yes, I yes. Yeah. Um. There are other th- there are other issues with this movie I have that are not nearly as significant as what I'm talking about. It's more just the little things that irk me about it. Uh, there's just too many and, things. And it that is irk cool me. to see. It is cool to see some of this stuff happen. Like I'm not against the idea of seeing a giant lightsaber battle on the floor. You know, with a bunch of droids running around. There is uh, some parts of this battle that I really do like, but. Uh... The score. Oh, this stuff. This stuff is cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Stuff like, is really I like cool. this. But the this score is, is just chopped up pieces from Phantom Menace, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's a, yeah. it's a weak score. Again, yeah, that's what. But I, was I, I too, think that it. has to do with how this was edited and how George Lucas delivered this. It wasn't a finished film for John Williams' score. It was just a bunch of pieces, and I, I think that was the part of the problem. So they just had to cut up pieces from other places. Planting seeds for Rogue One here. Yep. <laughs> you get that email from Galen Urso? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Crazy plan. <laughs> you think it'll work? Probably. Send- Galen's a pretty smart guy. <laughs> Him and Krennic seem to be good old pals. Yeah, I heard they just got back from their, <laughs> their fishing trip on Dagobah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> they went on a, 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 a monarch hunting trip, too. They there's a ton of clones there. Minoc, sorry. None of those clones are real. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one of them is CG. Very obvious. Every single one of them. We're, I like uh, Yoda as Battle Commander, by the way. We're basically watching cartoon now. Yep. But it's a fun cart. It's, you know, it's wars in the Star War. <laughs> it's uh, Samuel L. Jackson's Cool World. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Tagline: This party. I just, over. I just pictured him on. I just pictured him on the poster. That, just like hold the gun. They're giving the most <laughs> obvious orders. Really, you want to attack the Federation ships? No. <laughs> well, the clones don't know what to do. <clears throat> or do they? They seem to they know do. shit. How is this guy going to hop around? <laughs> Those big clunky things look more uh, stable than the AT-AT walkers. Yeah, yeah. They, they have they're, six. They're low profile. They have six legs. 
to be fair, the AT-ATs weren't exactly easy to take down for anybody. Nope. So, I mean, they did, they're doing something right with that design because they worked. I love these Hailfire droids. Those are cool. Yeah, this is a great scene for more toys. Yeah. Like in a movie that was lacking in a lot of new ships. It's like, here we go. Here's all the yeah. new ships. That's, I mean, get. that's ultimately what, I, what Force Awakens was lacking for me was new ships and stuff. I always liked seeing what the, the like extra world building that the prequels Yeah, Rogue had. One even added that stuff. Yeah. You got a U-Wing. I think the Rebels had, like... <laughs> just, had to go, just had to scan the alphabet a bit more. You got a whole new ship right there. I think there. they just had, like, two U-Wings. Total. And then... Well, yeah, that's that's why that's why when uh, Mon Moth was like, oh, that was our last U-Wing. <laughs> uh, that's why I was happy about what's going to go on in, in the New Hope. There's no U-Wings. Well, don't the Stormtroopers talk about, like, uh, do you hear that rumor? He's like, what? The, uh, the T-15s were... Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I thought that I like that. It was a little nice touch without being too. Well, the first one is cool when it's just sort of in the background. Then they have to, you know, bring it up again for emphasis. Um, the in this sequence, I like is, these ships with these giant beams. Oh things. yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera moves. I mean, there's. Oh yeah, it's very, it's very dynamic. Yeah, scene, yeah. for sure. That helps. This is where George Lucas woke up and said, "Oh, I got a movie to make." Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. He clearly didn't care about the romance stuff. <laughs> yeah, it didn't bother him. Though. And honestly, I don't know to what extent he cared about the mystery stuff. It was oh, all- I, I, think well, I think he cared he, about I, the romance he, stuff. He, I just think he, he thought a little bit too highly of himself. Um, I just mean in terms of filming it. Um, I think he cared enough about the the mystery stuff just because you're getting the you know shadowy angles yeah. and some neat ideas of like. I mean, he is a, he's a guy that comes from, you know, he's he was young when film noir was happening, yeah. you know? Like, he he certainly has a, you know, a reference point for how that stuff works. His screwball comedy chops <laughs> and, you know, romance plot chops may not be up to snuff with, you know, making a new Cary Grant movie. But, like, it, it, it's easier to tap into, you know, detective noir yeah. than it is to make a good romance. That's why he's. That's why you see neo noir. Well, I mean, of of the film geek crew that he was, the, you know, uh, with like you know, De Palma, Scorsese, Spielberg, whatever. He was yeah. the most like socially awkward and introverted of them all. So him <laughs> making the love story is kind of yeah. wheelhouse. Again, that's why Irvin Kershner crushed him to death. Right. <laughs> we could we could all blame Ron Howard and Steven Spielberg for telling Lucas, "No, you do this yourself." Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe they didn't, you know, they, they, you know, again, as someone who likes these prequels more or less, maybe they knew it was, wasn't a great idea and didn't want to get on the ship with them. Well, I mean, in Lucas's defense with, you know, after Phantom Menace, he wrote that by himself. This one, he brought on writing help, whether it was the right help or not. (laughs) And that's the irony. I think this film is much worse written than Phantom Menace. Yeah, I think the thing is that George had... I don't know, 10 years to think about episode one. I don't think he had as, as much time to think of episode two and three. Well, you already mentioned, Brand, you already mentioned, right, that uh, Revenge of the Sith has, like, most of the stuff he right, wanted yeah. to do with it. Right, yeah, so Revenge of the Sith so feels like, of... does he have enough time to catch all this up? No, he doesn't. One? Like, yeah. yeah. I... And so this one feels, it's like, a, it, you know, it's a tricky middle chapter. He, he held um, back, you he, have to, he like... held too much for the third one, and he should have put more of that into this one. This, this should have Like, like Sifo-Dyas. This should have been the first one. I mean, honestly, this is where the story should have started, and then have another chapter here, and then Revenge of the Sith. Right. The the Clone yeah, Wars like, should have like, began like after the, the Clone first Wars. Game. That's not uh, that's yeah. not a conversation of whether you know this one's better than Phantom Menace or not. It's just where the story, I, yeah. this trilogy no, needed to start. 
what's narratively interesting about this whole prequel saga. Yes, I can. You could go ultimately, you could ultimately just watch Revenge of the Sith and get all you all the connective tissue you wanted from the prequels right there. Well, that's why what like, like Topher Grace made his like edited version of the prequels, where it's like it it contains like very little of Episode One, little bit of Episode Two, and then mostly Revenge it, of the Sith. It starts like, the a two-hour movie. Boo battle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, starts like the. Yeah. I, I do like the Phantom Menace. I'm as, not saying that's. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that makes it a great thing. No, I'm just saying. Right. I mean, for, as far as the essential information needed to know, there's only so many. There's only so much information be, that goes beyond just world building and like fleshing out certain aspects that you essentially need to get what's happening. I do. I do like uh, Phantom Menace for being episode zero, though. But yeah, I do think that episode one, two, and three <laughs> should have been something else. Yeah, because I mean, it Phantom Menace really sticks out of all the Star Wars movies. It's just, it's really different. It's, a, I mean, uh, it's a time of peace. But that's, it's, it's, yeah. it's designs because this one starts molding more into what we know of Star Wars. Phantom Menace had barely. Uh, I, mean, I don't was, mind that though. I don't mind that. No, I, I'm not. I don't mind that. that. I just, yeah. I'm just saying yeah. it's, it just really sticks out. It's the kind of thing where, you know, we're all, pra- you know, lots of praise went to Force Awakens for doing, you know, the old thing, which regard, and, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of the Force Awakens. I know, Brandon, you are too. Like it, but, you know, you get, you, episode one should get credit for, like, Lucas didn't just sit there and think, well, I'll just do that thing again. I'll do something different. And he did. It's, it's like, the last uncompromised Wars. Star Wars movie we've yeah. seen because this was reactionary. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith was. Force Awakens is. It's. It's the most nat- It's the last natural Star Wars because George Lucas at that point could do whatever he wanted, and he did. Well, I'd ar- I'd argue. I mean, well, Rogue One, besides being you know a product, if you want to put it that way, there's another CG clone trooper. Um, it's all. I think it's for the most part is its own thing until it gets to you know the third yeah, act, which uh, becomes a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, that run though, I do like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like. You know, there's not a ton of lightsaber fighting in this movie, unfortunately. But what there is, it's I like the cut out the lights bit. That's yeah, it's it's a different, it's a more oh, yeah. intimate, personal battle than yeah. you know. Because last time they're like, man, we did a really crazy. So what you do is you make this personal and then go nutso with Yoda. Well, it's, it's much with more Yoda, of a chess yeah. match this time around. Yeah. And it also gets, you know, allows me to see Anakin just get slapped to the ground for a second, which has made me happy. Right. I don't think every, anyone says the lightsaber battles in this movie are the problem with Attack of the Clones. It's oh, basically some, oh, some people. Some people hate the Yoda stuff. I, yeah, I, it's not great. It doesn't, but it doesn't. I like it. I don't. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Yoda stuff. I thought it was, it was like, yeah, let's see Yoda in action. Fine, but like, I know some people just really <laughs> hate the Yoda stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you go from watching Darth Maul. That's a lot of twisting, guys. I'm sorry. That's a lot of, like, let's twist these things around. Well, d- during rave. the Yoda scene, it's fun to watch Christopher Lee, who isn't doing much because Yoda is jumping around like a Tasmanian devil. Yeah, he's not doing anything yeah, at all. Christopher Lee is, like, you know, 79 years old or whatever. Yeah. Right. His stunt double with the CG face. He was, I'm pretty close to that. He was 93 when he died. So yeah. Rest in peace, Christopher Lee. So, yeah, he was, like, 79 years old when he did this yeah. When I saw this in theaters, I was just like, what's about to – I was like – I was smiling with, like, my, my grin getting wider and wider as I realized what was about to happen. Well, they, they, yeah, they teased, they teased earlier in the movie that, you know, you could rival Master Yoda as a swordsman. I was like, huh? Because, like, Mace Windu's the smart one and Yoda's the more – Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Yoda's the fighter. Yeah. Mace is the brains. Right. <laughs> That's what we say. <laughs> Did you know this was coming beforehand? 
No, I didn't. I had no idea this was coming. Yes. I, I did not. I there were no whatever previews I saw did not hit yeah. this. Uh, so I was very excited. Having said that, the yeah. audience still went ape shit when it happened. It was great. Yeah. Thunderous reaction. I mean, oh it was God, it was yeah. definitely fun to see because it was the but most it, alive this movie ever got. Really. Yeah. It has this awful dialogue though about pulling out their sword. Or like we must. Oh yeah. Died this by our lightsaber. It's, oh, come yeah, on. It's but, it, it, cool. but it's not. It's not. It's not awful in terms of like badly written. It's it's awful in terms of it's written like a pulp novel, right? Yeah, like right. a pulp, like a like a Flash Gordon. But, or something. but we're like, yeah, but we're finally getting acting in this movie. You know that which is, I think what we love is this is okay. This is finally we're not distracted by bad acting anymore. Like, why didn't Lo- uh, Why didn't you go to teach Luke this? Like. <laughs> 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 that's it. That's it. That, that ta- well, it takes more than a weekend to train that. That's why. <laughs> Luke's there for like a you know a couple days. Like <laughs> he also died. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did anoint uh, Luke a Jedi. He's like, yeah, yeah. All you gotta do is go fight. He, Vader. he was giving him cliff notes because Luke's all like, I gotta get back there. My friends yeah. are in trouble. Yeah. My X wings are the swamp water. He only had time to teach him how to jump. I don't want. I'm gonna go in the cave. I don't care what you say, Green Man. Blah, 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 blah. I once it's, knew a. Bo- I once knew a boy who was afraid for his mother. Look what happened to him. <laughs> he had a son, who's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From a certain point of view. Yeah. This like yeah. When it, the second he uses the force to grab his lightsaber, I'm like this is about to go down, and I'm loving it. Like oh, this yeah. is great. <laughs> I mean, it's it's your like, showmanship. Before that kind of thing, adds another. Before this kind of thing became status quo, I would argue, where you had well, basically fan service moments involving iconic characters. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, okay. You, know, you could probably argue that for various Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Which um, it was, it was George Lucas actually paying attention to his previous films when uh, you know they talk about Master Yoda being a great Jedi warrior. Yeah. Hey, what another show? show. Oh, go ahead. No, that's fine. Wouldn't it have been easier Maybe. if Yoda just pulled Anakin and Obi-Wan closer to him? Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> here's Padme's, like, here's Padme's intense shooting at... Nothing. Where's it at? Where's... Oh, over... Okay. She's not as good as her daughter. This this ship is awesome. Uh, Count Dooku's solar sailor. This thing is fucking cool. Yeah. I love this. They like it expands. But like, there's solar wind there's no solar. wind in space. Oh, solar winds. Oh, and now he's old. Solar winds. Now he's in a galaxy far, far away. We have no idea what space is actually like there. It sounds. It has yeah, sounds yeah. in space there. Yeah. <laughs> we know what it sounds like in a galaxy far, far away. Obi's all like, okay, I'm okay too, Padme. <laughs> she goes yeah, I didn't lose any limbs like my dumb Padawan. <laughs> but I'm still kind of hobbling over here. Lightsaber burns hurt. I I think this ship's awesome. I think it's, yeah, really, it's pretty cool. really cool. And it's kind of a retractable parachute. <laughs> I wonder what this planet looked like before they built the city. Uh, it it looked like rock and roll. <laughs> they, built they built this city. city. Rock and roll. Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Lord Tyrannus, you will go to this system and meet with my friend, General Grievous. You will then <laughs> teach him how to use lightsabers. Lots of them. They, they built it on rock and roll because that's, that's, of course, you know, there's lots of starships there. Oh, oh. hey, hey, 
ho- holiday special connection right there. <laughs> Is it friendship day already? Life, 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 life. You sorry, fail. Life you day. fail. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to accurately recall our favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, people want to rag the prequels. This is where Lord Tyrannus lives. To be fair, the holiday special didn't make you know five hundred million dollars or whatever. Right. Does he need to wear the like the cloak when he's? I don't. Know, whatever. Okay. Well, it's for our sake. <laughs> for that big reveal of the next film. You feel like this whole conversation would make them a lot more suspicious of Palpatine. Yeah. Right? Which they are well, in the next one. Well, they're like, yes, but they're still. If, it seems like they could act out a little bit more on this idea that there's something they're, bad happening. They're here. too busy fighting the Clone Wars, which have begun. They have or and debating Anakin. He just whines all the time. That <laughs> the clothes you would have gotten you completely massacred. You would have the right idea. The clones is a weird thing, by the way. We didn't really talk about this, but the idea of they, there's a clone army that's been made that helped the Jedi. That's a really good, that's a really big plot that Sidious is playing for the long game. Like that's yeah. that's a lot of you know steps ahead. You're thinking to make that one happen. Here's the clones again. Too many reflections in those visors. It's like the Avengers poster. <laughs> Where are these light sources coming from? And. Uh... There's the, the shot where Jimmy Schmitz just isn't sure about those clones. <coughs> and now we have uh, Vader's theme, right? Yep. But he's not there. It's Imperial March. Ah, yeah. there you go. It's marching. Yeah. Look at this dream team crew right here. <laughs> <laughs> Vader's theme is across the star, man. That's uh. <laughs> No. There goes the not yet Star Destroyer, Star Destroyers. That's... Smitty knows what's up. Greedo should listen to Bail Organa more. That's the that's the thing I'm taking away from this. And we end on a big wedding <laughs> because everyone likes a wedding. Not even their parents are invited, and they're on Naboo. Yeah. It's no, they're, they're we're we're in their perspective. We're right there, yeah. Watch, yeah, we're we're <laughs> that's their perspective. She says, like, don't hold me with the robot hand. No, oh. We could we I told you we could stand on the other side from each other. So cold. Your fingers are so cold. <laughs> it's, so cold. it's it's coarse and rough like the sand from your crappy planet. <laughs> it's like do you can you wear a tuxedo for once? Do you have Jedi tuxedo robes? Yeah, you, 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 oh, really? the, <laughs> the robe again. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many handmaidens I had make this costume for me? One's dead now. I think Anakin could use a hand maiden. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the Empire Strikes Back, though your feelings on the film are not. <laughs> they couldn't even. You think R two has all the photos from this wedding? <laughs> they, yeah. They couldn't even clean C three PO up for the wedding. <laughs> it was a really hasty ceremony. It's Jonathan. They're basically Jonathan eloped. Hales. That's the guy who co-wrote this thing. Yeah, Star Wars hero Mick Rick McCallum. Rick the Yes Man McCallum. Yep, sounds good to me, George. 
Well, we did it, guys. <laughs> Talked about all this movie. That wasn't that hard. Nope. Ugh. Editor and sound designer. Okay, that's mm. why I forget yeah. that he edited. They usually just give those uh, two different slots. Yeah. Yeah, but Ben Burt's such a cool guy. He's like, Ben Burt's, tell, could, tell could what, you let him know? I did. Could you let him know who did the other one, too? <laughs> tell what I did. But I gotta be before John Williams, because F that guy. <laughs> oh, you're McGregor, first bill, yeah. huh? Yeah. Good on you. And, uh, and introducing... <laughs> Who's next? Ian? Probably, right? Yeah, Frank oh, no. With Samuel Jackson? With? With? Get the whiffs? Is that, oh, oh, no, oh. oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, August, that one scene, man, got her. Yeah, that's that contract. Mark Morrison, man. Yeah. Well, they're in the also. I mean, they're not the main thing here. But there you go. With Samuel. I'm like, where's Sam Jackson in this? Yeah, with Sam Jackson. Christopher. And Christopher Lee. There we go. And as Count Tyrannus? No. Lord Tyrannus? <laughs> Rob Coleman, what is he up to now? She just call him assistant director, right? I mean, jeez. Yeah, pretty bad, right? <laughs> Animation director. Like co-director. No, they don't hold the stars on these ones, huh? <sighs> you always go to black. No, uh, Rogue One didn't. Oh, did? I know that. That's, that. that's the outlier. Rogue One didn't have a crawl either. <laughs> that Rogue One. It's a real different bird, that one. So, what do you think? This Baru or A New Hope Baru? Who's your favorite? A New Bro- a new Hope Baru is, you know, kinder. This one got really... to use her own voice. Well, what? This Sorry. one got to use her own voice, though. It's more true performance. It's not her voice in A New Hope? Nope. No. So She's dubbed over. Huh. Most everyone is okay. dubbed in uh, A New Hope. Especially, especially Harrison Ford. <laughs> Except for him. All the, all the rebel, and all the slightly pilots. British Gary Fisher. Yeah, all the rebel pilots are dubbed. Woo her, the bartender. I knew, dubbed. I knew that actually. I knew the rebel pilots were dubbed, but that's makes. I mean, it's easy. How did Rogue, Rogue One not throw in Porkins? I mean, come on. Or, a, yeah, he threw in everybody cheers. else. Somebody got a huge <laughs> cheers. They threw in Red Five. Yeah. <laughs> like, or Wedge or Biggs something. Wedge is in there. No, he's not. Mm-mm. Yes, he is. Uh-uh. No, they've got Gold Leader. They've got... um. they got Red and Gold Leader. That's they did it. Not have, yeah, they did not have Wedge. They had Wedge in there. No. Mm-mm. I read that he's I in there. Twice. He was not in there. Might not be named, you know, nailing out his name, but I heard, I, I read that he's in there. He put, like, he, he came in. Visually, uh, what do you mean he came in and did it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he got... Maybe he got cut. All right, well, episode two, man. Yep. Still my least favorite yeah. Star Wars. Well, <laughs> they attacked. Well, we, <laughs> there's still plenty of spinoffs to come out to see, you know, to, to shake up that one. So we'll see what happens in the future. The next up is the Clone yeah. Wars movie, right? Followed by the commentary for Star Wars The Clone Wars Episode 1. <laughs> and we'll go through that whole series. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I, we'll probably be bouncing back and forth. We'll probably do Empire Strikes Back next year. Why does that? Why are you waiting so long between each one? 
because I can, for one thing. Well, <laughs> lots, we, we filled out an entire year of other commentaries, so it's not that hard for me to you do You won't that. have to wait uh, too long after Empire Strikes Back one, because it'll only be like six months till the Han Solo movie, which they should move to December. But I, yeah. There's no reason they can't. They have plenty of time to move it to December. I don't understand why they want to just... Yeah, that's a that's a conversation for another. Well, they're terrified of Avatar, which might eventually theoretically come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the 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 massive series of Star Wars should. Well, James Cameron. What am I doing here? What am I, what am I doing? Down downplay the potential of a James Cameron movie if it ever um, comes out. Yeah, that's just, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what I was making fun of. If, if because of the scary rumors that Sigourney Weaver spreading. Yes. Um, if it actually gets made, then yes, it's going to crush all comers, and especially overseas, um, where Avatar is a much bigger deal than Star Wars. Um, Star Wars is building audience, though, now. That's the thing. That, over- well, they got Donnie that overseas and, uh... debut was not impressive. Yeah. I don't think it's any you know, cause for alarm, but... How was the overseas debut of, like, Iron Man and, like, Iron Man 2? Like, I might have to look into that, they, actually. They built, I mean... Yeah. But, and again, I'm, I'm not saying there's any peril involved. I would have, as long as the film is well-received, I would argue Rogue One's a hit if it does 750 worldwide. Um, but it did like 135 overseas, opening basically everywhere except for China and South Korea. Uh, I don't remember South Korea. I know China didn't open day and date with Force Awakens either. Um, again, all it might mean is that, look, you know, Star Wars is an American obsession. And... You know, an offshoot version or an offshoot standalone property is not going to change that, no matter who you throw in the cast. You know, Brandon, I was trying to get to this podcast about talking numbers, but here we are with Scott droning on now. The box. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, it's good to know. I like these facts. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've got now, now that that was able to stretch us into all the end of the credits, I guess we can go now. But uh, where can people find more of your guys' work online? Let's start with uh, Scott Mendelson. Uh, Forbes, Forbes dot com. Uh, yeah, Scott Mendelson, Forbes. There you go. Brandon Peters. Cult Cinema, Ca- <laughs> Cinema Cavalcade, Cult Cinema Cavalcade dot com. Our current episode is Invasion USA, but our next one is the one you want to look forward to. It has Aaron on it, talking end of days. Hey. Yep. Uh, David, yeah. Find me at endorexpress.net. Awesome. Uh, you can find me over on the Code of Zeke. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, SoundCloud, pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. Just search out now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com slash podcast, twitter.com slash underscore podcast. And yeah, email us thoughts on episode two if you want or anything else out now, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you three for joining me tonight to talk about episode two. Thanks sure. for having me. I wish everyone a happy holidays, and uh, yeah, until uh, next month's commentary for what, what's January? What's January? Triple X. Seven in there. Resident, Resident Evil. <laughs> oh, Underworld. No. You, all oh, the franchises coming back. God. God, none of those ex- excite me. <laughs> State of the Union. <laughs> let's do this. Triple Triple X is all is tempting. I will say, especially with that new Blu-ray coming out. Am oh, I right? Fifteenth anniversary yep. edition. Are they going to include the death of Xander Cage on there? I hope so. <laughs> I desperately hope so. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll cut, we'll figure out what we're gonna do in January. But yeah, until uh, until next time, guys. So long and goodbye. See ya.